ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Real Deal Talk. I am fired up, and I know I say that every time, but today I'm really fired up <laughs> because we have the, the guest that we've been waiting for for an entire, it took an entire year to book this this amazing guest. A year it took to find a, a hole in the schedule that she could fill with Real Deal Talk. One year, almost, right? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Higginbottom, the queen bee of Pathfinder Ministry mm-hmm. at Awakened Church. Um, amazing uh, wife to Colin Higginbottom, amazing mom. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. And new, what do we call it, lead pastor mm-hmm. of Boise, Idaho. How wild! All right, we're going to get into that a little bit, but yeah. uh, you know, but hold on. Let me let me give it. Let me give a word of our sponsor. I've started doing this recently, by the way, because I realized oh. what am I doing here? Yeah. Real Deal Sleep pays the bills. True. Right. Right. So like, there's no budget with Real Deal Talk because we don't. This is just a passion project for me right now. So I'm like, exactly. I got to at least mention the mattress company. So the mattress company, Real Deal Sleep, that's our company. You guys know. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. Everywhere I'm going, I'm getting DMs, texts, and people yeah. talk, telling me, I can't tell you how humbled I am, how thankful I am, how grateful I am that you're actually tuning in, watching and listening. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, guys. Mm. I really, really, I can't thank you enough. So, but if you know, if you want to support the show, come refer somebody for a mattress, buy a mattress, get yep. on the website, realdealsleep.com. Once again, realdealsleep.com. Um, and, uh, but listen, if, write, write a review. If you're, if you're moved by the show, if somebody's inspired you or anything's inspired, you're loving anything, so please write a review, write a review, share it, put it up on your socials. I can't thank you enough for tuning in. So here we go. So good. The we bought three. We just bought three yeah, real so, deal mattresses. Yeah, yeah, real deal mattresses. So yeah, they got a dual sleep system, right? Yep. And then you loved it so much. And Colin's like, could this help Josiah's recovery for soccer? Because he's yes. a prof- pretty much almost or a, a professional soccer player. Right? Pretty much on his way to on that, his way. Yes. Okay, he's phenomenal. Let's put it that way. He's a phenom. Mm-hmm. And here he is at this uh, this Barcelona ba- Residential Academy. Okay, yep. so so he's like, can you ship to this air, ship? this to arizona so i shipped one i said absolutely so i shipped a sleep system to 15 year old josiah by the way ladies and gentlemen (laughs) it took me till i was 40 years old to have what josiah has (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're, Colin's like, I, I don't care. I'm going yeah. to buy it for him. I'm going to invest in. Yeah, B- because then Colin sent me a picture of the mattress he was sleeping on. If we can oh. even if we can even call it that. But listen, oh, I'm not yeah. surprised yeah. because that's yeah. what I was on when I was a teenager. That's normal. Yeah. And it was absolutely god awful. Anyway, not anymore, right? How much right. is he loving it? He's loving He's, it. And his back is 100% better. Oh, my God. So. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, real deal yeah. sleep. You heard me right here. We can ship it all over the country. There you go. All right. So nice. I like the plug. Good job. All right. So here, back to you. Back to you. <laughs> Melissa Higginbottom. I love that name, by the way. All right. So, Melissa, here we go. I'm ex- I'm so excited. I've been looking I must have really loved the man with the name. <laughs> no, that's true. Higginbottom. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> to take that name on. It's something. My maiden name has five letters in yeah. this one. I don't even know how Higgin many Bottoms letters Higginbottom has. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the Higginbottoms. Higginbottoms. Yeah, the bottoms. Uh, <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, though, when you when you get used to it. You know what I mean? So, All right, so here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? ready? Are you ready? I'm so fired up about this interview. Here we go. Because, l- l- ladies and gentlemen, uh, Melissa is literally one of the most respected women uh, on mm, planet Earth. Not wow. just on planet Earth, but not just the church, but planet Earth. But in the church, Awakened Church, she is so beloved by so many, mm-hmm. so inspired she inspires so many people, especially mm. the women at, at, at Awakened Church. 
like and and what I'm excited about today because they already love her. They love her. They respect her. But nobody really knows the full story, the full testimony of where Melissa came from. Like where was she before? She took over the world at uh, Pathfinders, <laughs> yeah. Path, the Pathfinder Ministry, which you guys hear me talk about a lot. And by the way, let me let me let me go there real quick. Yeah, you know where this podcast was birthed, and I got goosebumps as I said it was the Pathfinder program. Yep, that's what encouraged me to step into my calling, so which is what the Pathfinder program does: is it unlocks people. Right, and you, and the whole oh. program is designed around stepping into who God made you to be. Yeah and stepping into your calling, your gifts, right? And I've always wanted to do this, and I just never, frankly, had the guts to do it. And then when I came to Pathfinder, and I have all these people believing in me, praying for me, encouraging me to step into my thing, I'm like, and that's what launched Real Deal Talk, was Pathfinder program. I'm not even kidding you. I was showing the logos to my Pathfinders um, in class to help me pick which logo to go with. That's how much... (laughs) Right. Yeah. So just wow. I didn't and I com- yeah. didn't even plan on saying that because I completely forgot about it. And here I am with the 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 founder of the Pathfinder program, which is the wow. the reason. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Think about that. That's wild. And you're in your convergence. This is late. this was something you were born and destined to do. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And convergence. Yeah. It, it go back to Collins' interview, guys, because we go into convergence and detail. Yes. If you're if you're right now, you're wondering, hey, what's that? What's that word? And I'm not going to go too far. I don't want to ruin any of his thunder from his interview because it was phenomenal. But convergence basically is, you know, uh, in the lane that you're supposed to be in with the people that you're supposed to be doing life with. Basically, yep. you know, living in your calling. Right? Exactly. 100%. We're all, our purpose and calling. Yeah. Why we're here. Why we're here. This Making is amazing. a difference. Yeah. Unbel- unbelievable. And we're just getting started with the, <laughs> with this, with the Pathfinder stories because we're pr- me and a couple of Pathfinders are teaming up right now. Yes. We've got a little something up our sleeve. <laughs> so we're just, this is nothing. This is child's play. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, Melissa, let's go back. Okay. All right. Born and raised. Where were you born and raised? Let's start there. Yep. Go so, on. I was actually born in Oregon. Okay. And I was um, born to a 16 year old mom who, uh, had was dating a 28 year old guy and uh got pregnant and just didn't wasn't able to carry out the duties of motherhood well so we got taken to adoption agency and um actually the crazy story is I was taken to the adoption agency and I heard this all later in life because I was obviously adopted that's Fast forward. How much later in life? When I was 18 and old enough to. You didn't know until you were 18. I knew I was adopted my whole life. My parents, who I still call my real parents because, you know, they raised me. They're my parents still. Right. um, Obviously. And and they were the ones who, my mom and dad, um, they always told me I was adopted. It was always like, we got to pick you. We wanted to make sure we had a girl. I had four brothers or like we wanted a girl. So we got to pick you. Um, and it was always a big thing. So I always knew I was adopted. There was no shame around it. It was amazing. Um, but the, I didn't know the backstory of the adoption until I was old enough to understand mm-hmm. and really comprehend, like, what was behind yeah. the story behind my biological mom. And so I found out that she just could not handle the duties of motherhood, what 16-year-old could, right. without the dad around, even though she had a very supportive family. Um, so was at the adoption center and just was like, you know what? I can't do this. Went back to the adoption center to pick me up. 
brought me back to the house with the grandparents. She had a twin sister, siblings younger than her. Um, and then still just, it was just too much. And she really realized like, wow, I want this baby girl to have a chance to have siblings her own age to be able to grow up in a family that could give her everything that I could never give her. It was quite the scandal at the time. My dad was the mayor of the little town Silverton in Oregon, so it was it was quite a scandal. Wait, I found wait, out later. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second here, because I was just going to ask what's what's with the dad. What's with? So my biological dad, who then I did meet yes. later in life, he was just his seventies. He was the seventies, yeah. you know, just living free. Yep, uh, and had gotten multiple women pregnant at the same time I found out later so he ended up moving to Georgia because he just couldn't handle everything that's coming his way so he he left and um but they knew who he was and they remembered him so then I was able to get in contact him later which is such a crazy story too Hmm. um but it just came down to them realizing this isn't the best situation for a girl and we want the best for her. So took me back to the adoption agency and say, please find a home for her within 24 hours before we, you know. Second, yeah. Second, second guess again. Yeah, yeah. And so that's when my parents got the call and just felt like it was the right thing and, and adopted me. And I was 21 months old wow. and took me in as their own, like very you, much as their own. You said mayor, was that a, just a being funny like like he was actually that he was, so was popular? the um no so he was it was a little town so my would be my biological grandfather was was the sheriff and the mayor of this little town silverton oregon super super cute little town in oregon and um it was it was his daughter then ah. so then it kind of became a big scandal um, and I just always wow. thought that was just this funny part of the story of like, wow, that's where, that's where my like competitive yeah. like genes come from. And no kidding. Yeah. So found all that out when I was 21 and I had my first baby and I wanted to know the history of like the biological history. So I knew if there's anything having kids that I needed to know about raising my children health-wise. And so I ended up then meeting the whole biological side of the family. It was just a whole nother wild journey of life. All right, so <laughs> go, go back, because you, you said at 18 mm-hmm. is when she actually, you knew you were adopted. Correct, yes. All, my parents always told me, all day, growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, how did, give me, the, give me your thought process Growing up, knowing you were adopted, tell me the moments that you went through. Like, were you really want? Because I've always, always wondered this. Yeah. Like, do you want to know your biological parents from day? Like, you're always on the search, or mm, did you know great already? Great question. Do you know what I mean? I had no interest. I was so happy. My parents were phenomenal. Yeah. It was like I said. It was always a celebration. Like you were adopted. This is so exciting. You know, we got to choose you. They always joke we were stuck with your brothers. You know, but it was like a, you know. But um, so it, there was so much life spoken around it. I never thought anything else. And again, until I was eighteen, I heard some more detail, and then I just hear that story, and I'm like, wow. My biological parents. They were going through a lot. Yeah. No wonder they couldn't keep me. Um, and actually, super grateful that they gave me a chance to grow up in the life that I was given. Um, But I didn't have any interest in meeting them until, like I said, I was pregnant with my first baby. And I realized they start asking you all the questions 
on all the forms of your medical and your family's medical history. And I was like, oh, wait, this technically wouldn't be the biological medical history of Mm. my mom and dad. Right, right. It would be the biological, my biological parents. So then that's when I started realizing, I I think I'd love to meet them and hear anything. If there's any information I could know. That's what sparked that. That's what sparked it. Was the background information that you had to give. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick. Because Now, would you say, because I hear a lot that adopted children always are in the search. I hear that a lot. Like, Interesting, would yeah. You, would you say because your parents were so amazing that you just didn't even say, nah, I'm good? Is you, yeah, do you think probably. That's the they gave me such a good life. I was so happy. I, I was not treated any different than my siblings. Nobody knew I was adopted until my parents would tell them. So, like, I just... So, I just had no, I felt I fit in and I loved my family. Um, I, they put me in dance class as a, at a young age. All I ever wanted to do is dance and they gave me every opportunity oh, to yeah. just dance and dance and dance what? and dance. So I just had so much purpose in life. I, I personally didn't, I've heard that too. Yeah. I personally didn't have that drive to meet them until it was like, I want to know what's going on in case... I right. need some medical history. And that was really the only thing that drove, that drove it. And so none of your friends knew that you were adopted in, let's say, elementary? No, they all knew. They all, all everybody knew. Everybody knew, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it wasn't. Did anybody make fun of you for no. being adopted? No. No, not at all. No. I, maybe I'm a different experience than some people have. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it was even talked about a lot. Everybody knew, but it wasn't like... It's not, it wasn't in conversation very much, and maybe because I was, my parents were so healthy, and I was in a healthy place. And and so they already had biological, uh, two. You say two sons, or they had uh, two older brothers and two younger brothers. Wow. Yeah. How did they treat you? Great. I again, like, I just. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just don't know that that there would really be yeah. any difference. Were they protective of you? Oh yeah, like typical. Oh yeah, brother. like yeah. older brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I, you know what? I, I didn't even really, I didn't know this that I was adopted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just not something that comes out in like conversation. Well, obviously. Um, but it's but already backstory. We're, we're, here you go. Yeah, we're already tapping in here. Like yeah. literally, the first thing out of your mouth. Okay, I was adopted. I was dropped off at six. She was sixteen. She was sixteen, which is crazy in itself. That's crazy in itself. Okay, yeah. so during the, the first childhood years, so because you're in the same town, right? No, so my parents adopted me and then moved me to Puyallup, Washington. God, oh, okay. So they, my parents were living in Oregon, adopted me from Oregon, and then moved to Washington because they were already in the middle of a job transition. It was a beautiful, divine-like wow. moment to yeah. like move to a new state as a family and because your mom biological mom was still in oregon correct ah isn't that interesting yeah still to this day that's then when i met them later they were still in that little town in oregon wow wild wild Wild. so you so then you moved to washington yep at at uh so this is pretty much after they right after they adopted you yeah i'm i'm trying to remember there's so much I think we did live in Oregon for like a short season, but but not enough to remember. You know what I mean? Basically within, I think, a year of adopting me, we moved to Washington sometime in that time frame. Um, Okay. And then, um, so um, now your parents, uh, when did they get you into dance? And how did they get you to dance? Did did you say you wanted to dance or they just put you right in there? I don't know how. 
I think I just, I will never forget going into dance and being in the studio and like literally like lighting up everything in me. Yeah. Loved everything about it. Wow. And um, I'll never forget my first recital, Little Zebra. And I guess I was out there. My mom said I was out there. You know, there's the marks to yeah, stand where yeah. you walk out and you okay. have to stand, yeah. you know, where you're supposed to stand. And the girls were not standing where they were supposed to. Oh, no. So I felt the need to make sure that they moved all to their spot. <laughs> like you, four, you, four and a half. Oh, my God. You know? Ordering them around. Yes. yes. She said I was ordering Sounds them about- around, trying to tell the music people just don't start the music. Like, don't start the music. We got to get in place. Oh, my God. So, it, it all makes sense. I'll never sense. forget it with my little zebra. Never it, forget it. All it. Makes sense. it all tell, makes sense. Tell me how videos of this. Do you have videos of this? <laughs> I hope so. As we're getting ready to pack up and move to Boise, I found a whole bunch of tapes, v- no VHS way, no tapes, way. that I'm like, oh, oh, Crystal, we've got to figure out. Crystal's our personal assistant. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to figure out if there's a way to get these on something digital so we can see. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? Those are, those are the tapes from you dancing? I don't know. They are from me dancing. I don't know if they go back that far. Yeah, that but, far. <laughs> but it, I mean, in my mind, I'll never forget that. And then, and, and then from that moment on, that stage, wow. from that, you know. And you start, was it, what, what, what age did it start? Three, two? Four. I think it was four. four. Okay, four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so f- since you can actually remember, so you, so you, do you actually remember being on the stage ordering the kids around? Oh, or no? kind of. Kind, okay. I don't know if I remember more because my mom reminds me right, of the yeah, funny story, yeah. or if I remember. But it sounds so much like me. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And so, it's any other sports are literally just dance. Just dance. Just I dance. never wanted to do anything else. Wow. Never. I. I just. Did your friends try to get you into sports? No. No, no because all my friends were in the dance world. Oh, really? So oh, I started yeah, in ballet and tap. Yeah. You know, you take the half hour ballet, half hour tap, yep. the little girls. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then you just add on. I take jazz. I take, we didn't have hip hop yet. This was back in the day. Mm. I am 40. I just turned 48. Oh. So hip hop was still only on the streets. That's true. Break dancing yes. and like, you know, maybe not appropriate. Yes. Run DMC. <laughs> in our family. <laughs> right. I think it was when Run DMC was. Yeah. Yeah. They were one of the first. So there was no hip hop in like the studio yet. Um, so dance was jazz, tap, ballet. Um, and then Contemporary you, lyrical. A little bit. Lyrical still a newer thing it also. Is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and modern dance is still um, a newer thing um, too. So it was basically ballet, tap, and jazz. And, and then. And now it's, it's quite an expensive uh, venture, which. Incredible. Because our daughter is you know. basically you. Yes. The, yeah. The per- exact parallel of you. And I, I, there's a, a debit coming out of my account every week for <laughs> 200, 300, 400. And I'm like, what Easy. is this? And then you got competition yeah, fees that's, that's and, re, yeah. you know, uniforms, competition fees. And I'm like, yeah. we, we got to be, we, you know, part of the business motivation is to be able to pay for Jacqueline's <laughs> dance, for gosh sakes. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. But, but listen, with pleasure. If she loves she it, loves it's so it. worth it. Oh I'm my gosh. So grateful to my parents for investing countless and, and, Countless amount of hours, my mom backstage doing my hair, doing my makeup, yeah, costume yeah. changes, you know, things like that, where it, it's a very time consuming thing. Uh, our One of our family summer vacations every year was in Seaside, Oregon. We would drive down to Seaside, Oregon for a big dance magic, dance competition. Yep. And that was our um, family vacation. My brothers hated it. Oh, really? Until they were teenagers. Oh, of course. <laughs> that all of a sudden, you know, being yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> around yeah. a dance competition uh-huh. with girls in leotards yeah. wasn't so bad. <laughs> 
They were loving it. <laughs> when are we going to do another competition? Yeah. What? Yeah. Loving it. So they hated it. They're still jokes to this day. Um, my brother actually just took his family up to Seaside to vacation and had kind of like spaced and forgot. And he saw the dance magic like truck and the signs. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm having flashbacks. He like sent a text to the family. I'm having flashbacks. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Like, So, yeah, that was just my life, my love, my passion in the studio after school all night, almost every night. Like... Yeah, it's a lot, but it's, but it's, but when you're, when you have passion for it, it is the most, and let me tell you something, as far as the development that it gives you, the, yeah, go down the list here, you know, and ladies and gentlemen, I'd say this a lot on the podcast here. If your child isn't in something like yeah, sports, good, dance, you got to get them into something, something. right uh, right now. I'm not going to chess club, any, I mean, anything, anything, yes, anything where agree. they're, where they're accepted by and they have structure and they have uh, discipline and they they're taught respect yeah. and honor uh totally. teamwork um respect you know it's just cuz i'm i'm seeing so many of Jacqueline's friends they're in Aww. nothing and they're a mess and i'm i'm going to say this on i don't care i'm going to say it on the air she's got friends that are just they're not good they just don't have purpose and it's the same as us adults yes. if we're not connected to a purpose then our life becomes meaningless and a mess and we're not doing much good for ourselves or society same How thing for kids. So many kids right now yeah. are depressed. They're putting them on a medication. Mm. Bec- you know, especially it's with what just happened the last two years of yeah. locking them down and masking them up. And you know, we can't. We we'll go down. We go down this route for a while, but no, it's really sad. It's 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 really it's, it's frightening at this point. So, folks, get your child. No matter what. And here's the here's yeah. the thing that I hate when I hear is that the parents are like, oh, well, I'm I'm just too busy. I can't mm. I can't get them there. I'm working. I got to do this. And I get it. Believe me, we get it. It's hard. I get it. But I also wonder, because my, my parents had four boys and me, and they all played sports. It's doable. So, I mean, there's moments it's probably really hard and possible. Or you get help. I mean, I remember so many times riding in, you know, your carpool, riding in my yeah. friend's car with her family and going to the studio. My mom and dad didn't drive me every day, but then they took their turn to... You know, where there's a will, there's a way, yeah. number, number one. But number two, parents, you have to realize how important it is because it will dictate the, your child's life. Your, yeah. their, entire, their entire way that they grow up as an adult is going to be good. dictating on whether or not you got them into something or not. Well, it, and I learned even then, because to be honest, I wasn't the best. And dancing. when I was younger, yeah. I was not the best dancer, but I loved it. And I would practice and practice and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And I remember I was 10 years old and this girl, Amber comes into the studio for the first time <laughs> and she's just so good, but she hadn't really danced before. And I was so mad. And I was like, that's it. I am not going to have her be better than me. And I remember that moment where I just like next level stepped into just wow i want to take extra classes i'm going to get you know private lessons do what i need to do to where two years later then i beat her at national no way yep and so hold on what what age was that 12 at 12 where the switch flipped it was probably just after 10 where the switch flipped and then it took a little while of extra training but then i'll remember i was probably 12 12 and it was because of amber because of Amber. Does like, she know uh-uh. this? Have you ever talked to her? I don't know. This? I don't know. I haven't talked to her since junior high, so I don't know. Because she didn't stay in dance. It wasn't her oh, passion. Oh. It wasn't her love. It was too easy for her. Yeah, that was probably it, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So it didn't come easy for me, but um, then it came, and then after that, it just skyrocketed. Wow. Just... So Amber, basically, we owe Amber <laughs> a big thank you, don't we? Thank you, Amber. Right? For sparking you 
to yeah, turn it a up a notch. Right? Wow. Never Think really about thought it. about yeah. it. Yeah. You're right. She yeah. made an impact on your life that echoed into eternity of your life wow. and everybody that's experiencing Melissa as we know her. That's wild. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Right? It's true. Very true. All right. True. So what was your favorite dance, type of dance? Uh, jazz. Oh, yeah? Yeah, jazz, for sure. Um, wow. I love ballet, but you had to take ballet because it's the yes, base of all correct. dance. I didn't have a ballet body, so I knew I would never be a prima ballerina. <laughs> um, but I knew that, and it was I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so definitely jazz, like, yeah. And and th- what's funny is Jack. That's Jacqueline's. Is it really? It is. Oh, but she she could be a ballerina if she wanted to. She could. And she by could. the way, wait you wait until you see her at Twisted. <sighs> I I asked them to make an exception to let her try out for the the more advanced dancing Great. At, at eleven. Good. I said just let her just let her try out. Yeah. Because they wanted her in the child thing where they're just marching around. No, no, no. I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. she can handle it. And because yeah. she picks up choreography really quickly. And they're like, okay, we'll let her try out. She gets guess, it. Guess who's in every dance yeah. with all the adults? She's the youngest <laughs> one in almost all of the dances, the advanced dances. Well, she's the youngest one. I believe Everybody it. Everybody else is 11 and like either 20, 20 plus. I can't. Oh, so I, I literally have bought tickets for like six of the shows so far. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Seeing her on the stage Aww. dancing. I'm going to lose my mind. That's the best. Oh, I can't Aww. wait. All right. So oh, uh, let's go back to childhood real quick. Give me some, any anything that, ha- and I'm going to ask this bluntly, because every childhood involves experimentation, drinking, uh, drugs, were any of your, um, were you, uh, was it a, 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 a Christian household? Did you stay, did everybody, did the brothers, four brothers stay out of trouble? Did they get into anything? Was there any drama? Give me something. Yeah, honestly, we had such a great childhood, and I was so busy and so focused that, and we, it was a Christian household, mm-hmm. so we grew up okay. going to church every Sunday, non-negotiable. My dad was on the board at church. You know, we were very involved. We loved it. We had a super fun church, which helped. Yeah, who 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 let me dance. Mm. Some churches don't believe in dance or certain types of dance or think you need to do a certain thing this way. We had a place similar to Twisted, but it was a little more traditional Scrooge, but I was able to be in that and dance. Mm. And so my passion was so much celebrated all the way through junior high. Um, So I never had anything, no big issues. I mean, always little dramas. Um, Then we moved to back to Oregon, uh, North Bend, Coos Bay, Oregon in high school. So when I was going into high school. Was it a job mm -hmm. transfer again? Yep. My dad worked for Warehouser. He started out as a janitor in Warehouser out of college and worked his way all the way up to vice president. Wow. Wow. So, and this was in another promotion. They brought him down to Coos Bay, um, Oregon to take over the mill down there. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a transition because wow. then that was the biggest job source, the biggest company in that little town, another little small town. Yep. Going from a bigger city to a small town was a little hard, especially because then the quality of dance teaching yeah, wasn't yep. as great. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually like the best tap dancer there. They had me start teaching classes. No kidding. Which was fun and I loved it, but I didn't, I then didn't, didn't develop my tap right. anymore. Didn't grow much um, more. We found a great studio about two hours away where my mom would take me Are on you kidding me? to get a little bit wow. further along. But that was a big transition. Um, it was hard coming in as like, oh, this is like Were you the boss's Were you girl. Like, like she, you know, thought I was just this snooty little. Oh, really? Mm, you know, before they, that was, that was a hard transition yeah. for me. I think that was the first time I really came against some real, like, 
rejection and mm. some hard times and some like, wow, people, you know, this is what, people might love 16? me, cheering me on. Yeah, sophomore year. So yeah, I got my driver's license there. So I must have been about 15. Yeah. Going into and high school. This is the first time you experience any, any form of like, like you said, rejection or going through little trials and tribulations, as you call it. Yeah. Right? You know, beyond the typical girls. You know, you know, but yeah, yeah. The real, the real stuff of like, yeah, yeah. people not liking you, people saying stuff, people, you know, and, and then just the transition of leaving my whole dance, all my dance yeah. community wow. going down there. Um, but then I'll never forget, just obviously got right on the dance team yeah. and um, like our first performance, like people just freaking out they were because like, Whoa. i was obviously because i had come from a bigger town yeah um and had worked my ass off yeah um i was the best yeah dancer you can say and i just i loved it so yeah. much like i just lit up my face like i glow wow and my face is wow. just glowing they're like she is so happy like nobody had taught them like stage presence yeah they had just learned the moves and so um so that opened up a whole new world. And then it was really cool at that time, uh, a professional dance teacher from Spain ended up moving to this little small town, mm. random, yeah. and takes over the dance program at this little high school in North Bend, Oregon, which is wild, yeah. but divine. You see it totally. now, just Absolutely. a divine thing to where then I was able to like get some more dance experience than you know, my junior year. And then by my senior year, I was able to spend like I remember like I was living my best life. I would go to the first couple classes in the morning that you have to take to graduate. And then from 12 to the end of school, I was in the dance studio. Really? Helping teach dance, taking a dance class, dance team practice. And then, yeah. So, so, so there was one at the school? There was one at the school, huge dance program. You're kidding me. Nope. And then that's where I learned modern dance at the next level. So this teacher was like specialized in modern dance. Which my dream, my whole life to go, was go to Cornish College of the Arts, which is a really high-level dance school yeah. in Seattle. All I ever wanted to do. I didn't even want to apply anywhere else. My parents made me apply a couple places just yeah. to, you know, let's, let's be wise. Yeah, right, right. But I was like, no, I want to go to Cornish. All I want to do is go to Cornish. I want to be at Cornish. I want to go to Cornish College of the Arts. I want to dance. Um, and thankfully, this teacher, because to get into Cornish, you send in a video to even show if you're like yeah. even able to come audition in person. Right. So um, thankfully this dance teacher taught me this side of modern dance I had never learned, which was a big one of the key videos you're supposed to send in to audition for Cornish. Which, which you hadn't done before. I hadn't done so before. So what's the difference? What Like what is modern dance? Actually? I would say modern is what now lyrical has I was going to say that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. I love. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's wild. It's so free. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I loved it too, but I had never really done it, you know? Oh. And um, I had done ballet, jazz, tap, yeah. and then dance team where you're doing, you know, at the high school, you do the dance at the half times yep. and that sort of thing. I never even wanted to be a cheerleader because I was like, they can't even dance. I know. Lamos. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, that was just a divine thing yeah. because I believe that was a huge stepping stone into me applying to go into okay, so Cornish. You applied. You so got I applied. In. There's there was like over if I remember right, I'm trying to remember the numbers. Did people apply for this place all over the nation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was I think there was like over two hundred, you know, hundreds of people that apply. And what you do is you send in videos. They have three videos. You have to send in videos of you doing a modern dance, 
um, a dance of your choice and then in class, like in your dance class. They yeah. want to see you while you're taking class. So you send those in and then you kind of get back, okay, you're invited for the next round of auditions. And so then if you're invited to come audition in person, they brought that down to 160, 140 people to go audition in person. And wow. it's three days worth of auditions. And they just make cuts and make cuts and make cuts until they take wow. 48 girls and two guys. Wow, you're kidding me. And so when you go through these um, these auditions, it's just like you learn a little bit of choreography, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Over and over and over. Over and over. They You basically take a ballet class and they watch you. Yeah. And then they start teaching you choreography and you, they're just wow. watching you, watching you, watching you, watching you. Okay. So did you get in? So yeah, I'll never forget when I got home from school one day, I'm going to date myself a little bit, yes. got home from school. My mom's like, you got to listen to this message on the answering machine. On the answering machine. So remember like, the old what? school answering machines or the lights <laughs> blinking and you yeah. know you have a yeah. message. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I'll never forget. And it's like, mm, this is so-and-so from Cornish College of the Arts, you know, department. We want to say that you've been accepted. Wow. You made it, you know, into the, you know, 92, 93 school year of... Cornish College of the Arts, welcome, and the whole thing. Like, I don't, you know, you don't remember yeah. what me, I'm just crying, laughing, like, wow. hugging my mom, like, oh my gosh, my dream is happening. Like, this is legit happening. Like, here we go. So this is like a college. Yes, yeah. it's a college. Okay, a college. Yeah, so like I was 18 at the time. It's a dance college, performing arts college. Okay. So they have video, they have, um, so... It had two buildings, and so above us is people that were majoring in, like, orchestra. Mm. So people that were majoring in violin, violin, clarinet, like anything musical. Then our floor was all dance. Then the other building was, like, um, arts and interior design and theater. Wow. So it was a strictly performing art school. That's it. That's it. You had to take one English class and one history class, and that was basically it. So Everything much, else so was dance. So much better than normal college. Oh, I'm sorry. 10,000 right? times better than normal college because I hate math and English I hate and everything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> like, a, like, I'm no help to Jacqueline. Like, I'm just the worst because she's like, because luckily for some reason in, in middle school, I think it's because her little friends, she loves school now, loves Good. it. But wow. prior to this, she hated it. And, I, and there's nothing I could, I couldn't, I couldn't like, hey, go get them. I, cause I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I know. She's like trying to ask me like advice, like, dad, what? I'm like, well, um, uh, just win the teacher over. <laughs> yeah. Get the teacher. Good, hey. Yeah. That's not life, bad is, advice. life is about interacting with other human beings. That's yep. what life's about. Is the quality of our life is the way we interact with other people. What does that mean? Get the teacher to like you. Yeah. Be nice and get them to like you. Then that's, play, I said, play the game. I taught her how to play the game. Hey, I'm why no, not? No help. No help. And yet lots of help because those are the real life skills exactly. she's going to need. Exactly, that's actual what you need. But I'm like, why can't this be? Yeah. So like Josiah, who's now off at soccer school, yeah. basically doing what I did for right. dance, but as a high schooler playing soccer all day and taking a few classes and then playing soccer. Like, why can't we have more schools like that around people's gifts Gift. and things they yes. want to develop or trade schools or so i believe that's a shit but that's a whole whole nother you, you, you are 100% correct yeah. and and now that you're saying this i've never even really thought about it like that yeah like what are you good at go to a college that's built around that a yep. couple of classes here and there yep. that you actually you know you, you got to need a little english you got to read you know, but all that little crap 
that you're oh, literally yeah, going to do yes. nothing with? Yeah, exactly. It's just a waste of time so just the college can make money. Don't get me going on this one. No. Right, so, so yes, it was an amazing school. Like my yeah. my um, electives were like partner dancing, salsa dancing. My I had this salsa dance teacher that was like flam- could flamenco dance. Like she was like the world champion. Wow. Like she was incredible. So yeah, you're just dancing all day. You know, three hours of ballet is a minimum every day. Two hours every day. Every day, two hours ballet, one hour of toe on point. Um, oh my god! And then everything else is elected, but then you're just loving life. So Friday nights, you're finding a dance studio and you're going to take hip hop classes because then hip hop was becoming like no cool yeah. and like not raunchy. What would, what would, I mean, depending well, on which studio you went to. Yeah, was it Ice Ice Baby? Was in around ninety two? <laughs> room. It was Janet Jackson, Paula Janet Abdul. Yeah. You know all of those things. And then I remember meeting this guy Dwayne. He was this awesome dancer, and he had a chance. I wanted to, you know, make some money, so we would go into the elementary schools. And teach movement classes of like, look, movement can be fun, yeah. kind of go in and teach. And it was him and me and another guy. And it, this is really funny. And sorry if this is offensive no, no. to anyone. But, oh, yeah. But, That's even but better. But basically, it was me and Dwayne and another guy. And we were chocolate vanilla. And then they called me Swirl. <laughs> They're like, she's black on the inside, white on yes. the outside. Oh, gosh. You had flavor, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't And it was, I just remember like... That was some of the funnest times in my life of just going to elementary schools and getting people excited about movement and dance and the fact that I could get paid to like do that. It was, I was living my best life and living the dream. And so how did you get graded? Just if you were good or not? Like, how do you get graded in a school like this? Or are there there grades? Are there no grades? You know, that's a really great question and kind of brings me into one of the things that I knew was going to come out in this podcast is Uh. I wasn't able to finish school okay so i never really um i finished the first year and i don't really know i don't really remember or know like how you get graded or how it's it's probably more of just a pass fail yeah type thing i think because if you're not going to keep up and do good enough i remember somebody got kicked out yeah it was more probably because of that um she just couldn't keep up it was rigorous and it was intense so um, I don't think there was actually like grades, if, if I remember right. Yeah. But again, I never, f- I never was able to finish. Okay. And we're not going, we're not breezing over this. No. So why? So uh, not, not too far into my first year. Again, I said, I'm living my best life. Things are just, everything's going good. And I was actually out with some friends for my birthday. And we're driving back. Uh, to actually go back, we had met in Portland, Oregon. So the school yep. was in Seattle. I had a bunch of friends still in either like Portland, Coos Bay, you know, from high school. We met in Portland to go like hang out for the weekend and celebrate my birthday and just see everybody. And we're driving back to the hotel and we're sitting at a stoplight. And the last thing I remember is this crazy noise and just this like, and uh, we got rear-ended. <sighs> And they said the guy was probably going about 60, and I was in the back seat um, and slammed into our stopped car and, like, just squished the car um, to where it's honestly a miracle that I'm alive, let alone walking. Yeah. Um, So, you know, the police come, jaws of life, pull me out of the car. There was four of you in the car? Three of us, two in the front, and I was the only one in the back. And, and everybody made it. Everybody survived. Yep, everybody survived. Hallelujah. Jeez. Hallelujah. You were the only one um, in the back. But did I was the only one did in you the seat back. Seatbelt on. 
Probably. I probably because I was then, pretty responsible because yeah, you don't want to do anything really to mess really up did. your Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um I wasn't gonna do anything to mess up my that's right. why I never had to worry about drugs or alcohol because I was like, I don't want anything to mess up my dancing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um So so that's the last thing you remember. Did you wake up in a hospital? Well, I remember waking up to like them pulling me out of the car and I'm like, What and I could not like feel like from the neck down and I was like Oh my gosh, what, what is going, this isn't real. Like, this is a dream. This isn't real. This is, this is not, this is no, 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 no. This is not happening. Like what in the hell is, oh my God. Like you don't even know what to think, but I remember getting on the stretcher and then I think, I, yeah, I don't remember a little bit. And then I remember being in the hospital and they're doing the x-rays and doing all the things. And you're just laying there like going this, 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 this didn't just happen. This wow. is not is not okay so my plan because i didn't have a plan b yeah i just my whole all i wanted to do was dance like and i was supposed to be going to try out for the seattle supersonics that weekend like no this is not happening to me like this is to be on the dance team their dance team yeah okay so all right so at what point in the hot did your your parents came what give me give it to me when the parents came to you what what was she like it's okay what what was yeah, that, you, you know, I, I haven't really thought about that moment a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember I was actually able to walk out of the hospital, which was crazy. Uh, like the next day, able to walk out of the hospital, but you have that thing on, you know, you yeah. know, the cone or whatever it is. Um, I just don't remember a lot. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I don't really what, remember a lot of that. What were the extent life. of your injuries that they like? What kind of injuries did you have? Did you it sustain? ended up being just a whole lot of soft tissue, a whole lot of damage to the back and the neck and the shoulders. Like, you know, everything basically from the waist, you know, to my chin was yep. just a mess. So they were like, you need to take some time off. And I was like, and uh, now, did you, did you, so nothing was broken? No, nothing was broken. I know. Oh my God. I know. You look at pictures of the car, which I wish I still had. And I, in a moment of my like being pissed off at God after that, I ripped everything up. And th- you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, um, but I remember seeing pictures of the car. Like, how did, how did we even and, survive? And so you walked out of the hospital. However, mm-hmm. they t- they told you to took some take some time off. Yes. Now. How much time off? Like, we just, why were you not? Well, they able didn't to- know. They just said, we need to take you some time off from dance and we need you to go see a physical therapist. And then I remember going to the physical therapist and they're like, it's going to be at least six to eight weeks before you can be back in the studio. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so you start going through as much healing as you can. And, yeah. and then I remember then come January, I went back to school and did the best I could, but there was just so much pain that I just, I wasn't able to, to stay, um, training at the level that I had been training. Yeah. And so eventually I just finished out that year and I, I kind of gave up cause I just. So your first year you got through. Yeah. When was the accident going into the second year? No, the accident was actually October of the first year. Of the first year. Yeah. And the semester ends when? Uh, or the year ends when? May, end of May. Oh, so, so it's August to May. Okay, kind so of August those, to May. This, and this happened at the went. end of the year. This happened towards the end of the year. So then I thought I'd be back in January, back on the saddle. Got it. And I but you came back work. in January, February, roughly. Mm-hmm. But you, the pain was too bad. Yeah. 
So yeah. you were just trying to do normal stuff and yeah. the pain was too much. Yeah. And just training at that level all day was, it was just too much. And so and what, at what point were you like, like were you, you obviously were depressed and upset. Very depressed, getting more depressed. So depressed that my parents were really worried and wanted me to start seeing a counselor. Um, they were really worried. And, uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had nothing. This was my dream. Like yeah. My whole dream is like dead. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and so I'm just really just trying to make it, just trying to just get day by day. And um, started seeing this counselor. And then I remember going in one day where I was just really just like, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel. And I was just kind of done. And I went into the counselor that day, and I remember hearing him call my dad and say, because my dad, my parents were still living in Oregon where I graduated. Yeah. My dad was in Seattle once a month for a week to yep. work. So he happened to be here at this time. Just just another divine moment Yeah. that he was even in Seattle, Right. Um, 20 minutes from where I was. Um, I remember the counselor called my dad and said, hey, I'm really worried to send her home alone. I need you to come get her. I'm, I'm not going to let her. Because I didn't have a car or anything. You yeah. either ride a bike or just walk, you know, up there at that time. It was right. when things were a little bit more safe in Seattle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and so they just asked me to go out in the lobby and sit down and have my dad come pick me up. And so I'm just sitting there, and I remember the receptionist is just kind of watching me. And I'm just like, oh, I don't need a babysitter. You know, and yeah. just all these thoughts, crazy things going from her head. She got up to, I don't know, go get coffee, go to the bathroom. I don't know. And I bolted, bolted. I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. And I went back to my apartment and had a whole bunch of painkillers from the accident, the car accident. And um, I just started, just started shoving them down my throat because I was... I had no light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't want to live anymore. Um, so uh, took a, I don't even know how, you know, how many yeah. pills I took. Um, the next thing I remember, I'm in the bathtub, like passed out probably or passing out. Yeah. I see the um, bicycle cops. Again, it's Seattle. So you're up in Capitol Hill. There's bicycle cops that come in. My roommate must have called an ambulance or called 911. I don't know where my dad did after they told me after they called him and told him I'm not their counselor office. She ran. <laughs> um, and then I'll never forget like literally seeing my dad come into the bathroom and just push those the bicycle cops out of the way and like scoop me up and just hold me into his arms and and then I passed out and uh I was in a coma for three days oh my gosh yeah and they go in they pump your stomach they do all this stuff I don't even know because I wasn't you know I wasn't awake they told uh they called my mom um and told her that they didn't think I was going to make it. So she's in Oregon with my brothers. Um, no way trying to figure out how the heck to get to Seattle um, on sh such short notice. I think hearing this story is one of the times I started realizing how important it is that we can prosper so we can help somebody else in time of need. Yeah. It turns out my dad's company, Jet, was like, you know what, we'll fly down and we'll go get her. Wow. So they, out of their own dime, flew the company jet down to pick my mom up so she could come up in case she had to say goodbye. 
Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They did not think you were going to make it. They didn't think I was going to make it. And, uh, again, divine, <laughs> divine just encounter. So, she, so she, she came, she made it up there. She made it up to the hospital. Um, and then her and my dad were there and had a lot of friends there because we had moved from Seattle. So they had a lot of friends, some of their old church family. I remember people coming into the hospital. Like, um, once I, once I woke up, um, I don't remember that those three full days of my life. <laughs> which is wild to think about. So when you woke up, Mm -hmm. do you remember having any dreams or anything or Mm -mm. nothing? Nothing. I just had a really, really sore throat. Yeah. From the being intubated. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I just was like, oh my gosh, what, like what, what just happened? Like I took me a little while to remember what I had done because I was so. And so you were in a coma for three days. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you woke up and mom was there, dad was there, mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of other and people too. And some friends, yeah. Yeah. And when I talked about this the last time, the first time I've shared this story really publicly was at a conference I spoke at Cherish a few yeah. weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, and then I was asleep for three days. Because I, I had a short time to tell the story, yes. so I was just kind of talking about, you know, my dream was dead because this happened. And, and my mom was like, you realize you told everybody you were sleeping? And she's like, you were in a coma. Yeah. Like for three days, we didn't think you were going to wake up. And I was like, oh, whoo. And hearing that now being a parent, I can't even fathom what my parents were going through in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, unbelievable here. Unbelievable. So uh, when you woke up, mm-hmm. were you looking around? Did, did, had you, did you know what you had done? Like you remember taking the pills? I don't know if I remembered right away, but eventually, of course, you remember and comes back. And then they're not going to send you home right away. Right. They wanted to send me upstairs for a week. And my parents went upstairs and like, no, it looks like one flood of the cuckoo's nest. There's a loony bin up oh, there. Really? We are not going to send her up there. So they found like a, a house that was like certified to be able to have people come to or on suicide watch. Yeah. And so they found a place like that for me to go and stay versus... Um, Because the state, you know, the medical, they're not going to release you until they feel like there's a little bit more safety around you not trying to do this again. Okay. So how did you move forward in a positive way? Well, I didn't. I mean, I did and I didn't. So I remember going to this. And this, so this was like what, 19 ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was my 19th birthday on the the accidents was on my 19th birthday. It was on On my birthday. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, so I remember being in this house, I don't even know what to call it, you know what I mean, where they take everything from you. Like I remember getting my makeup um, compact taken away because it had a mirror in it. And they're like, nope, you can't even have that in your room. Yeah, because like, you could break it. And I guess. Cut, I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. So I, um, waking up, you have to go to these meetings, you know, and you're just like, this is wild. And you're kind of like on camera all the time and, um, you know. It was this whole different world of things and being around people that I had never experienced. But I was super smart and I was super strategic and I was like, I'm just going to get out of here. And one of the the young counselor guys was a younger guy. I I don't know how old he was, but I know he was younger. Yeah. I'm laughing. Sorry, Colin, if I haven't told you this part of the story. I feel like I might have, but maybe not. 
Um, but I basically like became friends with him and flirted my way oh, out of the medical facility. Oh my gosh. He fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. He fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing. I never promised anything crazy because I very much had grown up in a Christian household yeah. and was saving myself yeah. for marriage. So oh, wow. I never promised anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and and so we even had kept in touch, and then he realized I could lose my job. I'm not even supposed to be talking to you. So I remember getting a letter of like, you know, we can't even keep talking. And I was like, okay. I was just like, I was, yeah, sadly, out. I was just using you to get yeah, out I'm of that out. crazy, crazy facility. But, um, and I don't know why I remember that part of the story at all. It's just makes so me wait laugh, a minute. So, but. so what did you just walk out the door then? Well, so then, you know, you get the release, you say all the right things oh, for them to release you gotcha. that say, we feel like she's safe to go. Oh, so home. you worked them over to get the, the positive release. Correct. Earlier and get than sent you, er- home with my parents. Earlier than you should have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, and yet so strategic. Yeah. And so like, that's where my business side comes yes. in. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh-huh. So then I went back to my parents' house for those few months. In until I Yes. till I went back in, in January to try to go back to got it. school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. So, so that happened yeah. in between. Yeah, right after the suicide attempt, then you know you're in there till they feel like it's safe to let you, you know, wow. be not under 24 hour surveillance because you know. And then you went back to try to finish out the school. Correct. In January, I went back to try to finish out school, and it was too painful, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And you know something that that happened. So I'm already on a dark path. Yes. Um, I'm already like no light at the end of my dream is totally stolen. And this is what I was sharing with you that I knew would come out in this, um, in this podcast for, for whatever reason, um, that only Colin and my pastors at my old church know about. I went back to, um, try to dance, to go to dance school in Seattle. And, um, I, in Seattle, there's no sun. So you go tanning. Tanning booth is a very, especially back in the 80s, you know, the 90s, oh, yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Tanning is a very, you know, yeah. and we didn't know how unhealthy it was and it's a thing, you know. So um, so I'm already just, this was just another thing that got me to a darker place, to where the place where I like wanted to take my life. Right. So this is end of January, February. I, I can't remember the exact time, but I um, was in the tanning bed went into the into the tanning bed room um and the gentleman who worked in the salon i didn't realize this till later of course he has a key he uh let himself into the room and took advantage of the situation and um Jeez. Yeah. And I remember laying there, like, not being able to scream. Like, and, like, again, another divine moment. Like, for some reason, like, a week before this happened, I had read this article about a girl who had been in the park and had been raped in the park. And she had just talked about how she just didn't know how she was going to survive, so she just blacked out. And for some reason that came back to my mind. So I decided I'm just going to lay here and I'm just going to black out because I don't know what to do right now. Like I literally couldn't scream. 
I was so scared. I was so like, what in the world is happening? Um, and then you kind of like know what's happening though, but you can't like stop it because you're, you know, <laughs> this yeah. little 19 year old girl. Um, and so, uh, I just, I, all I remember is blacking out. I don't really remember what happened until all of a sudden I'm just in the room, you know, by myself and just feel like horrible. And I go back to my apartment. Hold on. So did you walk out and see the guy at the front desk? I don't know. I just ran out of there. Like, I, I don't know if he was probably, I don't know. I don't remember. I just like got dressed and ran out there as soon as I could. And, um, and those voices in your head were like, what's your own fault? Cause I would always go right after dance class yeah. and you're in your dance clothes, not thinking about it. And I was kind of like, Oh, it was kind of my own fault. Shouldn't be in there in my, my leotard, you know, like my yes. dance clothes, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's just like the wrong thoughts in your head of just like, trying to process like something traumatic that just happened and <sighs> run back to my apartment, the same apartment, the same bathtub, uh, like with the, like, you know, those, um, scrubbers in the kitchen. Yes. Just trying to like clean myself. Cause I felt so <sighs> nasty. And did you report this? Mm-mm, I was too scared. I told my roommate, I told her, don't you dare, please do not tell anyone. Cause she's like, well, you're still in the, you know, 30 minutes, you're still in the shower. Are you okay? Like, you know, uh, and she could tell something was wrong. Like, obviously she could tell something was wrong. So I told her and I, she promised not to tell anyone. And then, um, a few months later, I don't remember again, this is all so like, so much going on in a short amount of time. At some point, she finally felt like she needed to tell my parents because she was watching me spiral. And then I was just mad at her. I was like, how dare you? Like, what kind of a friend are you? Well, actually, a really good friend. Yeah, of course. Um, but at the time, I was like, I hate you. I can't believe you told my parents this. Like, now the world's going to know. Like, this was my own fault. I shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure I, young girl, I was probably flirt. Like, I've just, I like, like the shame came on me, like it was all my fault. And like, I asked for this and, um, that's unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. But again, I remember, I think this is where I must've shared some of the story with my counselor. And then just the spiral of the darkness just got worse and worse. And it was just one more thing that set me into like, why do I even want to live? And did you, did you make another attempt? to not to end no. your life. Oh, so this was yeah. this was all before the one the first time. Oh, okay, okay gotcha. So oh, car got it, accident got it, got it. in October. Got it. okay. Back got to it. school like, in oh. January. This was like end of January, February. The suicide attempt was April. Got it. Okay. So that incident was before that. Correct. Oh. Just another thing that added to got the it. just okay. darkness and just wow, the pain geez. and the trauma in my life of like Oh my gosh. So didn't know your 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 uh your roommate said something to your parents. Yep. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Did you ever report this to anybody? Did no. you ever go No. Mm-mm. I I feel it was so weird. I feel and I'm trying to remember it all. Yeah. Still, I feel like at some point I felt like I told somebody because then we heard another incident about 
this guy and something. But I, I just, I really honestly, JD, I don't remember all the details. Like my life was so, I was so not in a good place then. And I want to be so careful to like, not try to, I don't need to, the story's crazy enough. I don't need to exaggerate it, but I want to be careful to just make sure that. Yeah. And, and, I talk and, about what I know and remember correct. like yeah, gotcha, happened. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, <laughs> so I don't know if it ever was reported. I just remember hearing thoughts of something around that again. But then I ended up going back to Oregon. I Since I couldn't finish school, I moved back to Oregon with my parents. And then, so she told your parents. Mm-hmm. Now, did your parents think like, hey, I'm going over this place and I'm going to report him? Or did they, what did they do with that, with that information? I didn't even know. We never... We never all talked about it. Yeah. I mean, until later, we've yeah. had some yeah, conversations yeah. with my mom yeah. and dad. Um, I'm sure my dad <laughs> had some crazy thoughts yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> you know? Um, and so how did you move forward from this point? You moved back to Oregon. Yep. So after the, the suicide attempt, I moved back to Oregon and just did any i just literally started working at a restaurant <laughs> i didn't know what to do. just start being a hostess because i'm like well i love people i can make good money i'll just figure out what i'm going to do with my life um my high school boyfriend comes back into the picture and he was like why don't we just go get married and we'll run away to georgia and all of our problems will go away and so he my high school boyfriend uh had joined the military it was an airborne army ranger jumping out of planes yep so i Liked him. He was a great guy. Didn't love him, um, but great guy, nice guy. My parents were like happy because you know he's yeah. stable. Yeah. Could take good care of me. I don't know. It was just kind of one of these things. Now my grandparents advised against me getting married. Yeah. So soon, um, my grandpa was like, "You only get married once." Like you know, like right. are you sure? You know. Um, but uh, I remember kind of just being like, "Well." Sounds like a good solution to, I have nothing else to do with my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I didn't handle it well. Uh, I ended up getting married and running away to, to, to Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> thinking all my problems would go away. Yeah. But so where, where you go, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So this is right around, this is now about 20, 19, 20 still. Are you still yep. 19? December, I had just turned 20. So that we got married December of what year would that have been? Ninety four, five, five, five. Because yeah. our first son was born in ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So talk to me about talk. Did you want to give me the because you were twenty? So you were twenty two when you had your first twenty one. I remember I was twenty one because I took all my girlfriends out drinking, but I couldn't drink because I was pregnant. <laughs> okay, so going back now, because... Oh, there's so much in between. Like, this is like I the know. most conven- condensed, like, crazy story. So get married, yeah. move all the way to Georgia, thinking I'm just going to get a new start. They were cool, like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they weren't, like... They were happy in that they liked him, and they thought it was a secure new start. Yeah, yeah. They really think it was... The greatest idea? No. Did they they know I was maybe not making the best decision, but they also were going to let me make my own decision, you know? Um, and your first child, son, mm-hmm. yeah, um, name? Taylor. Taylor, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, how, how do you remember how that was like having a, cause that's pretty, still pretty young to have your first child, right? Very 20, 20, young, yeah. 21 years yeah. old. And we had gotten married in December. We got pregnant that summer. Yep. So then the next April we had Taylor. So, um, I was 21. Uh, again, like I said, on my 21st birthday, yeah. I was taking all my, all the other military wives out to go have a drink because yeah. I couldn't drink because I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, in between all that, when I was, that's the first time. So you going back to when you asked about anything as far as drugs and alcohol, yes. I never got into any, into any drugs cause it scared me, yeah. but I did get into, to drinking, mm-hmm. um, a little bit, even just cause sometimes when I couldn't process or think too much, it would help like numb the pain a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it wasn't all the Miss Giddy two shoes that I had been <laughs> yeah, <laughs> growing I, up. I kind of. <laughs> really turned away i um was really mad at god how could he do this to me i'm just going to live my own life then yeah did and you stop going to church like for a short season and yeah. then i was kind of doing the show on church on sunday because it would make me feel better for the day and mm-hmm. then go to the club on friday and saturday <laughs> like that kind yeah. of so you were mad at god <laughs> at this point mm-hmm. how could you do this to me why me yeah i lost my dream everything i'd ever worked for wanted to do so you t- all you ever all I ever heard growing up is you light up the stage. Mm. You bring so much joy. You're going to use that gift to influence and help people. It's all I heard from my parents, from people, from like all I ever heard growing up is that I was I had stage presence. It was my calling. That's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Was light up a stage and then use that light to yeah. be an influence. And yeah. I thought it was going to be in the sphere of arts and entertainment. Um, so that was all taken. So how could you take this from me? You had people tell me this was going to happen like in church, you know? And, um, yeah, so I was really mad at God just totally turned, you know? And, uh, and actually the crazy thing is I went the opposite way. So a lot of times when after a traumatic situation, you know, with, with a traumatic rape situation, some people go far away and don't want to get anywhere near a guy. I went the other way and sadly when i because i had nothing to turn to i wasn't turning to god to any higher source to to anything i wasn't really drinking that much sort of thing i actually went to just like hooking up with guys because i could literally i knew in my brain how to lay there and pass out so i could like stop feeling for a little bit wow and it almost became like an addiction like like a like instead of like getting yeah. the hit, it was like, well, no kidding. And then I just woke up one day, like everything, because like I had said, I grew up, I was saving myself from yes. marriage. Yeah, like I had never, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was. Whew. Yeah. So I woke up. I remember waking up in the same apartment, this whole crazy apartment, back in college, waking up um, next to a guy that I didn't know, and I was like, what? this is not me. This is not who I am. But again, another thing that like led me to like want to take my life. So then um, getting married kind of helped that, but that was very dysfunctional in that sense of our marriage because yeah. I wasn't healthy. Um, and so that part of our marriage was, was never healthy. So you put that on top of all the other things we were going from. We had, and then and on top of being in the military, which is not yes, which is marriage hard. friendly. No, not already. at all. And I wasn't going to church. And then we did start kind of going to church or I would go and I did find a church to go on Sundays. Um, but then 
Friday and Saturday night. I was kind of just going through the motions. Yeah. Just out clubbing, doing my thing out with the other military wives. Yeah. You I know how that goes. Sadly. Yeah. And not all of them are like that. I knew plenty of them yeah. that were like very faithful and very, you know, and have met a lot of military families that have made it through. And, but without that God and without the divine connection, it's pretty much impossible. Right. And so when did you like, and how, how was the birth of your first child? What did that do to you? Like, how did it, how did it, did it help you? Did it, did you have more of a sense of purpose? Did yeah. That, do, do you know what I mean? Totally. It totally, it was like a beautiful wake up call, even though I was shocked and was not ready to have kids at mm. age 21. I wanted to so have kids planned. when I was 30. It was planning. not planned. Okay. Um, I mean, we knew we were going to have kids, but it right. just came a, a lot sooner. You know, when you plan the two years, five years, we'll start trying kind of thing. Um, so finding out six months into the marriage we were pregnant was like a shock. Mm. Um, and I was 21. I mean, that's still. How, how, what was his reaction that you were pregnant? Like, okay, cool. He was stoked. Stoked. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, He was stoked. So that part was good. Um, but again, military, yeah. you know, so Taylor's born. Yeah. Very much more of a sense of purpose, but then you're going through the rough military life where he was literally at airborne ranger school, another school, like he missed the fourth, fifth and sixth month wow. of Taylor's life. Not yeah. on his fault, but right, right, right. Um, that's how the military, but goes. then it's like, you're a single mom. And I remember sitting there, you know, so I'm 21, but I look 12, yeah, <laughs> I like look right. so young for yeah. my age. And I'm sitting there at the, um, grocery store and. Taylor's just crying and crying and crying. And um, and I hear this like lady from behind me tell whoever she was with, like, oh, I bet that girl's that, that teenage girl's mom's raising that baby. And oh, oh, I lost it. I oh turned around. Gosh. Oh, excuse me. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I'm one, I'm 21, and I'm married to somebody in the military who isn't even around, you know, can even, you know, let you be able to have the freedom to say that and even be here. You know, I mean, I just went wow. off. I'm like, I'm 3,000 miles from any of my family, like doing this by myself. And I just had this blow up, and like, I've never been one to, I can get angry, but I very have a good self control. Yeah. So, I remember even getting into the car at that point. Taylor's crying. I'm crying. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. But I had this, like, another wake-up call. Like, that's that's not you. That's not how you treat people. Like, wow. This is, even though what they said was very yeah. inappropriate and hurtful, right. I just kind of had this wake-up call. I'm realizing, like, wow, what if he was older to, like, see me respond like that? And I was like, wow, and a little bit of this wake up call. And actually that was one of the things that got me like, and I think it probably had a lot to do with just him, yeah. got me back into church and back into like, okay, I need to reevaluate my life and how I'm living. And so you got back into church. That's what sparked you to get back in there? Yeah. yeah. Back into church. Um, our marriage wasn't hor horrible, but it wasn't great. Things never got better. I was like, well, maybe we'll just have another kid. Let's finish our family. Life's yeah. going to be perfect. So we did get pregnant again with Jacob, our yep, son Jacob, Jacob who's yep. in the Marines now. Right, yeah. Such a boss. Oh, yeah. Um, and so baby number two comes. We have the perfect little family. Everything's going to... And then things just fell apart from there. Um, we actually get out of the military and move back to Seattle. And then that's just when like things got really bad. Um, and it, well, the crazy thing is we were back in church at this point. Yeah. Um, but everything just imploded. And then that's when we just decided that 
we shouldn't be together anymore. Yep. To move on. Mm-hmm. To move on. And, and and how old, how old were the kids at this point? They were one and a half and three and a half. One and a half and three and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So did you move back with your parents? Nope. I, uh, was able to stay in the house that we were in and, uh, I'm trying. Nope. I never did. I, we moved back with my parents right when we came back, but yeah. then once we moved out, I never moved back with my parents when I was a single mom. Um, he paid child support. I made some good money teaching. So then I went back to dance in some sense of the word and started teaching yeah. dance. Okay. Um, went back to the dance studio I grew up in, which was really oh, fun. Oh, that's nice. And started teaching dance classes and teaching aerobics. So I was making money there. So I was able to sustain myself as a single mom. Yep. Um, so I didn't move back with Did my he parents. Leave the, was he still in the um, in that city, the town? Or he moved back to Oregon with his family. Okay. Um, so he could be close to his family. So again, we had met in high school. So yep. that little small town of North Bend Coos Bay. He went back there to be with his family. Kept in touch with the boys. Paid child support every month. Yep. Um, and the boys always knew that and knew that you Good. know. And then they would see him at Thanksgiving and. Uh, two weeks in the summer. So they grew up with a relationship with him, yep. but we were still, I was still able. And now I say we, cause Colin came into the picture then later, but um, I was able to really kind of have this solid foundation and just like time of like having my kids full time, even in this type of a situation yep. um, by, by his choice. Um, but again, it's not like he was a deadbeat dad, Yeah, uh, you know, so. And, and so at what point um, would you say maybe things kind of shifted a little bit to where was it was it when you guys separated? Did you feel like a weight lifted? Did you feel mm-hmm. better? Yep. Did you feel? I will never forget the first time when I, because I remember feeling more alone when we were together mm-hmm. than when he was gone. And I was the opposite of like, you know, people keep track of, you know, when their husband's coming back. Right. I would like count down the days till he was leaving again mm. for a deployment in the military. Uh, and that's pretty good signs. Maybe not a great. Yeah. That maybe, maybe you should move on at that point. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, wow. it was actually a big relief, even though I felt really bad. And the only thing that kept us together for us for a bit of a season was what about the boys? Right. You know, what about, yeah you know, them and their future. And, um, and then I just finally had this piece of like, if this is how it's going to be. And I just said, if this is how it's going to be, then, then you need to serve, serve me the papers. And so the next day I get the papers and yep. the divorce starts. And, but both of us felt like this crazy sense of relief. Both of you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for us, it's the way that it happened. You know, I have other friends who were in worse situations and other things where they didn't have any peace and no release to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And then they've worked through it. Right. And now they're like happier than mm-hmm. ever. Life is fantastic. This was for whatever reason, the way it went down for us and right. we never felt called to try to reconcile. And now looking back, to that. Um, what would you say? what would you kind of put on this as far as the, I'm not going to say well, maybe the reason or if if you could give advice on this hmm. particular thing, because you guys you know, pretty, pretty young, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Getting married early, mm-hmm. looking back, um, you know, what would you say was the learning experience there? Would you say like, you know, which, what I loved was that you guys 
separated pretty quickly. Yeah. Because a lot of parents, when there is no hope, they stick around and the vibration in the home is very negative and it's yeah. not good for the kids. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're doing more harm than good. I see that a lot. Yeah. Wow. Right. Um, I think less actually work it out than don't work. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what would you say the learning experience looking back at that? Like, was there, was there a learning experience or was it just because you were come out of so much trauma that you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a really great, great question. I've never really thought about. Yeah. I think one of the learning experiences, you can't run away from your problems mm. as much as you hear that. It's like, yeah. this was a real, like, wow. Wherever I go, here I am. I'm still a hot mess, <laughs> even though it would look like I have this great family and two awesome boys and, you know, doing what, doing what I love to a point as far as I was able to, you know, at least teach dance again. Yeah. Um, but I just never got the true inner healing. I don't mm. think until mm. I did, I would have been able to ever be a healthy and been in a healthy marriage or been a healthy wife yeah. until I went through all the inner healing. Um and so I think had that happened, maybe things would have looked different. I don't know. Right. Um, but that's what I would say is like, don't wait to get healing. Don't yeah. wait to get help. When mm. you've had some really traumatic experiences, they're not going to just go away. And going into the next thing isn't going to just fix it. Yes. Um, it's going to just make it bigger. And That's kind of what I was going for there, like the, the learning kind of lesson in there. Yeah. And, and when you... And when you went, when you left early and went to Georgia, was something, was there anything in your gut telling you like, uh, I don't know if this is the best idea or oh, this doesn't feel right? Or was there no, any, no, I was, I think I was too unhealthy yeah. and it just sounded like a great escape mm. from my horrible life that was turning out to be nothing like I thought. <laughs> And it was it was a nice guy that I trusted. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. He jumps out of airplanes. Awesome, right. you know, like um, first guy that was really re- treating me because of my own choices. That was treating me with respect and treating me, yeah, you know, um, well. So it was just kind of like, well, I, I'll fall in love with him later, and this will work out. Yeah. Um, wow. It didn't happen. <laughs> no, but you know what? I mean, there's a trajectory here that was meant to go the way it was supposed to go. Yeah, people ask me, would you do it again knowing what you know now? And I'm like, I can't answer that question because if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have Taylor and Jacob. Right. So how do you weigh like not having two of the most amazing kids in the whole world? Yeah. Versus. That have healing in itself. Just just yeah. them, just their presence in your life was healing for you. Yeah. To a degree and yeah, purpose. Sure. And, you know, it, it. you had no choice but to woman up so to speak exactly and, and, and take care of business yeah you know what i mean totally 100 percent. what what if they hadn't come in i mean who, where would you yeah. spiral oh, you don't even I know i don't even want to think about that yeah right? that's right i never thought about it in that way that's really powerful jd yeah yeah you know what i mean because and not that kids just fix things but for me it was a wake-up call and a purpose and and that moment in the car of like what kind of mom do i want him to see me to be so i yeah. need to start processing some yes. stuff to be a healthier mom that I don't snap at people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you think about it, the way it went down wasn't the, wasn't the greatest situation. Mm-mm. You had kids very early, but maybe that's what saved you. I mean, maybe, maybe it's what saved you from trying again and becoming and being successful at the, the, the attempt. Who knows? Yeah, they say the second time is usually. Yeah. 
That's why usually the third time for girls, like I've started, you know, I've looked into it a little bit, not a lot, but usually they say for males the second time, a lot of time for women, it takes, you know, but yeah, you're right. I, who knows where my life would have spiraled to or what would have happened if, if he didn't say, Hey, let's Mm -hmm. do it. Let's get out of here. Who, who knows? Who knows? Wow. Yeah. All right. Crazy. Yes. Okay, so now we're let's we're moving ahead to where you separated. Now you now you're an actual single mom. Yes. Talk to me about that journey a little bit, and then are we going right into? Did you meet Colin pretty soon here? Or? Uh, Colin was about four, almost four years later. Okay. So had a had a season of a real season of being a single mom. So and tell me about that. Getting really, finally getting back into church for real. Yeah. And getting healthy. So, um, again, so yeah, you're a single mom, you're just trying to get through life. You're just trying to, you know, again, getting child support every month, yeah. but it's not a lot. The state right. doesn't require a lot, but, right. but he did what, yep. what was required. Um, and then I was working, but I was working only, I could work about 20, 25 hours a week, very physical, yeah. very physical job, but I loved it, you know, so yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that was okay. But, um, yeah, I think just having this, I remember having this moment where I was like, I'm trying to remember the last time like my soul was happy. Mm. Like trying to remember when like my soul deep down, when I was really happy and my soul was happy. Like I was super happy in high school because I was dancing and getting all this fun training, but um, we weren't involved in a church at that time that was... Um, you could do ballet in church and that was it. Yeah. So the rest of my right. dance world wasn't accepted by that church where I went in high school. So that was a, another transition I had to process. You know, I'm going from a very supportive church that would just let me dance however as long as, you know what I mean. Yes, yes. You know. uh-huh. um, but my church in high school is like, you got to wear a turtleneck and oh, long geez. sleeves and a dress down to your, you know, and you can only dance at the Easter play and it had to be ballet. You know, there's mm-hmm. just these restrictions. So just a lot of stuff in that. So I never was like, I was happy, but I wouldn't say my soul was happy because my dance wasn't celebrated and tied to a purpose. Um, and my dance wasn't really like, wow, this is what I, this is all I want to do. It was a little bit shunned at yeah, church, right? Um, at that church. So I just remember thinking back like, okay, I was happy in high school. And then of course I was happy making it to Cornish, like, geez. Yes, of course. Um, but when was the last time my soul was happy? And it was when I was in junior high and a part of Pastor Dwayne and Joel's youth ministry. Mm. So back at our old church that I grew up in, um, I was just like, you know what? And so I'm back in Washington, mind you, yep. at this point. Yeah. So I'm like, they had started their own church. So they were the youth pastors at the time when I was in junior high. Yep. Then after we moved to Oregon, they ended up starting their own church. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go back to, back to Pastor Dwayne and Joel. I'm going to go back to church, like to their church. And I will never forget walking in. I've got Taylor in one hand and the car seat in another. And um, I see two of the old youth leaders there, and they recognized me. And they're like, what? And I mean, come running over and just like embrace, like embrace me. And then I remember they come running, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Joel, Melissa Keefe, which was my maiden name. Melissa Keefe's here. And they're like, what? And I'll just never forget. It was like this like 
beautiful, like, oh my gosh, this is like incredible to mm. like just feel the love, like the genuine love yeah. of people that were so excited to see me. Wow. And then slowly start breaking down. What's going on? What's going on? And then, you know, and they had been through, they had heard a lot of what happened because I kept in touch. Yeah. So they knew about high school and going to Cornish because they always knew that was my dream. And we had kept in touch with letters because back then, you know, yeah. texting right. was a thing, That's all right. the things. So I remember writing them all these letters and, the, and they had heard about the car accident. Um, and so they knew some of my life and then they had, I'm trying to remember if they... No, we were down in or we got married in Oregon by Reverend Sinner. Isn't that funny? His, his name was Reverend Sinner. Are you kidding me? I'll never forget that. So Pastor Pastor Dwayne wasn't the one. So, um, but they had heard about that. Knew I had been married. Went off to Georgia, and that was kind of the last I really had interacted yep. with them. So this was them seeing me for the first time. So then processing through. Here's where I'm at now, and like literally, like in the back room, having a breakdown of like. I'm a single mom, like what, I don't know what to do. Telling them the whole story about remembering how amazing they were when I was in junior high and how my soul was happy. And so that's why I'm back here. Wow. And uh, that started my inner healing journey mm. where I have never looked back. No kidding. Day. Right there. Right there. Where are these guys now? They still, um, so that is the church that Colin and I met at. So Come they on. still have a church in Washington. Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah. So I get plugged into that right, church. Tell, yeah, tell me about I the dive my whole life into that whole life into that church. It's a small church, very powerful. They're very good at restoring very broken people. Mm. Um, they don't really raise and release leaders, but they're very good at restoring people. Yep. So I was a very broken person. Um, and they just came along, no judgment, nothing, but just, we're going to help you. But you've got some serious yeah. inner healing that needs to happen and walking me through hours and hours of processing and praying and healing. Like it was intense, wow. but beautiful. Wow. Um, so that was years in the making. And then, um, they're pastoring, you know, they're still pastoring. I'm just jumped in, but it was a small little church. So then we decided to do an Easter play. And somehow it's, it's again, the whole divine thing of mm. Colin and I not meeting till the right time. So you guys heard his story. He had been through a divorce. Mm -hmm. His, his right. yeah. ex-wife, you know, left. And um, he ends up coming back to Seattle where his family was. And his brother tells him about this church. And somehow he's... Wow attending this church for months before we met each other. And it was like a small church. Mm. It was really just a divine thing. So we uh, are doing this Easter play and it's not like what your daughter's in. So right. it's not like, right. it's not like twisted. Yeah. It's not like even the plays we grew up doing. So we didn't even like have one rehearsal together till the day of the show. Oh gosh. So me and my friend Amy were the two dancers so she was another um, teacher at the same studio I taught at. And I was like, we need another dancer. Will you come dance? She didn't go to church yet, which is awesome because this is how it brought her to yes. church. So I was like, why don't you come help me, you know, be a dancer. So we, me and her would practice at the studio and never practice with any of the cast, which again, I don't know. They probably had a few practices before they, again, just a different, yeah. you know, place. Um, but uh, so it's the day of the rehearsal. 
and we're at the church. We This was at the time we were renting another church's building, so we would meet on Saturday nights. So this Saturday afternoon, it's our first time to meet and rehearse, and I'm sitting there like stretching and getting ready to like, to like you know, dance, and actually Colin's brother, Kevin, comes over, he goes, hey, have you ever met my brother? And I was like, I didn't know you had a brother. Super random. And what was so crazy is through this whole, I mean, you guys are hearing, it is crazy to think about, there's so much in this. Yes. Um, and this is still the short story. So through all this, I started the revelation of being generous. And so going from being a single mom to not being able to, you know, even buy a birthday present for my kid to now where I was like making a lot of money and giving a lot of money. Um, and I was able to buy my own house. So as a single mom, I bought wow. my first. And actually, it was the money from the car accident that um, my dad was wise enough to tell me to save that helped me get the down payment for my first house. Wow. So single mom, I had this like 8,000 or 800, 8,000. 8, wow. No. I was like, whoa. Sorry. 800 square foot house. Yeah. It's like the size of our pool now. Yeah. Not even like your, <laughs> your kitchen. <laughs> But I had bought my own house, yeah. single mom, been my, mowing my own lawn, washing my own car. Like I was, I was living life. Like yeah. I was doing good, living large, um, living large. Life was, life was so good. I mean, I was still healing, but like life was good. And I had dated a couple guys, but nothing that was nobody that could match Colin. You know, I needed, yeah. I needed a real nothing man. Took. You know, no a chiropractor, a cop, but nobody's right. like her. So. Uh, anyways, we're there on Saturday for rehearsal and Kevin's like, so, oh, it goes back to the story. So Kevin's wife, so who's now my sister-in-law was the one who was my real estate agent. Oh. So she's the one who helped me buy my house. Mm. So how Colin and I hadn't met before this was again, just like bizarre, divine, like, okay. So, so I'm sitting there getting ready. Kevin's one of the guys that you went back to, to. Right? No, Kevin was at the church, right? Yes. Okay. So Kevin is okay. Colin's older brother, and Got he it. was at the church. Got it. And that's, he, he's the one who brought Colin to this church. Got it. Okay. So so Colin is actually in the play playing Jesus. Come on. Had you heard, have you heard this no. before? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so Colin was literally playing Jesus. So he's got on a Jesus wig, the Jesus outfit, like full on, like that. So Kevin's like, I'm going to go get my brother and you got to meet him. So I'm like, okay. So Colin starts walking over and I lean over to Amy and I'm like, Jesus is hot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. And she just starts laughing. And, um, and so he comes over and then like, he's like, Whoa, (laughs) you know, who's this, who's this girl, you know? Um, and you know, a few months before that is when, you know, he had been believing, as he talked about, I'm going to still want to be really careful to what I share, but it had been a few months since Pastor Dwayne had really told him, it's, it's okay for you to move on yeah. from from previous life. It's okay for you to yep. take your ring off and, and move on. So this was a few months after that. So he was still healing, but you know, it had been a year and a half for him, and so he wasn't straight off of everything, but... But in a place, I think, where he was like, oh, I could, you know, yeah. I could notice. You know? I could notice. I could notice. So so we meet, we start talking, and then we do the whole rehearsal, and it's like, it's just this like thing. And then we don't see each other again until the next Saturday night at church. And then I have the boys. So at this point, 
um, Monty, the boy's dad, was still living in Washington. So he had the boys every other weekend. He hadn't moved to Oregon quite yet. Okay. Um, so he uh, had the boys the weekend of the rehearsal. So, you know, we all meet, dance, all go out to eat, all the things. And But then the next weekend, I'm at church with two kids, yeah. you know? And um, I'm standing there with the boys. They're just running around because they're just fun, lively yeah. boys. And Colin starts walking over. Now, I knew when I met him that that hair wasn't his real hair, like that that was a Jesus wig. Right. But I didn't know he didn't have hair. Yeah. But he starts walking over and he gets closer and I see his eyes. I'm like, oh, it's Jesus. <laughs> was he bald back then? Uh-huh. He was shaving back then? Yeah. Shut he up. Was, yeah. You want to hear the funny part that I shared at Cherish? What? It's like that was, I had like, whether you agree in making a list of what you want or yeah. don't want, I'm like, no, I'm going to believe for what I want. And my number one, even above a godly man, because just being real, yeah. was a handsome bald guy. No way. Yes way. You and then number two me. was a godly man, because I'm like, he's got to look good, especially if I have to look at him the rest of my life. Yeah. A and ball. we're gonna have kids together. Like I want to have good-looking kids. So like, hey. And so when he came over to you again, he was he he was. You're yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? You, could, <laughs> you couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus! This is Jesus. Like this just, Jesus. just I mean, it was just this whole thing in my head. And then he's talking to me and Jacob, <laughs> trying to probably process what this is because because the couple of guys that I had dated, you and know, you're in at between, this point what late twenties mm-hmm. at this point, right? I must have been 26, yeah, 27. Yeah, so I had yeah. to be about 27 roughly. And I had kept those guys way out. The boys never even, it was when they weren't around. So I was very careful to like not get them. So I think this is the first time Jacob probably even saw me talking to a guy. Yeah. He comes walking let alone over. Jesus. Yeah, let alone Jesus. Well, he didn't know it was Jesus, right. but he comes walking <laughs> over and he just kicks Colin in the nuts. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Ask Colin. And Colin grabs him, like joking, like, oh, and picks him up by the, by the um, feet. feet yeah. And it's like hanging him over this, like, and he's laughing, having the time of his life. And uh, it's just one of those funny interactions. And, and how, how like, old wow. was uh, your boy when he kicked him? Four, and he must have been four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. So Colin will never forget that. But uh, we then just start talking. We then decide to like, okay, we we have both come out of broken relationships. Um, our pastors at the time had the most beautiful marriage we had ever seen. So we went to them or we're like, you know, or Colin actually would, went to them first. He's like, I'm really interested in this girl, but I want to do it right. I want to talk to you guys. We, I want what you have. And they just said, hey, there's just some more healing that needs to happen. I think you guys need to stay friends for three more months while wow. you finish your healing process. So we talked through that. We agreed that that's what we were going to do. So we didn't start dating. We only hung out in groups um, for three months. And then it was kind of like we got permission to like start yeah. dating. Oh, boy. And I'll remember like our first date, like we talk about interdigitation, like the first time we held hands. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wild. And we had like this four-hour dinner and, you know, and then just really literally just started falling in love and just so much restoration started coming back into each other and our lives and our world. And my girlfriends always tease me because wow. when we were hanging out, oh, Jesus is calling. Jesus. Are you going out with Jesus next weekend? <laughs> like it just became this like joke, um, you know? And uh, yeah, so, so that's the long, so hold long on. Go short back. story. Hold on a second. Go back to the play. 
No, so, my gosh. I want, so the, the the night of the entire, the actual play. Yeah. How did that go? It was just, I mean, it wasn't. How did Jesus do? <laughs> he did great, but he jokes about being on the cross, like last temptation of Christ, like checking me out while he's like oh, I know. You'll have to hear his side of the story. It's hilarious. Um, I mean, it kind of went just like a normal, like what you hear about a, yeah. a normal church right. play, you know, not like. And they had him up Awakening. on the cross and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, but not like as intense as like yeah, Twisted yeah, twist and how we crazy. do it, you know. It's, 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 yeah, it's nothing like that. But I mean, it's still a powerful story. And oh, still no, no, an it's, it's more, thing, more heroes, the, the crazy Heroes, the crazy yeah, Hero, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Twisted is also um, out there, but, but yeah. Twisted isn't crazy. Right. I'm not Twisted, Hero, Hero, Hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah with Jesus. So yeah, so it was nothing like that, but... Um, but uh, yeah, it was just, it makes for the most amazing, crazy, funny story. Okay, so, course, all right. That's so, how we met. All right, so keep going. How, how long were you uh, dating before you started talking real serious stuff? Like, hey. Well, pretty, pretty serious because we took that three months yes. to really just be friends yep. and get healing. We started realizing that this might be a real thing, and but we're not going to act on it. And so this was November. We started dating officially and then... Pretty soon off the bat, we uh, started talking serious. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, it's time to introduce you to the boys at another level other than just the really cool guy at church. All right, so how long were you kind of, quote unquote, dating before you introduced him to the boys? I would say... I mean, before him, besides him kicking him in the nuts. Yeah. I mean, from that point <laughs> to when they like met him as more than just the cool guy at church who yeah. likes to like wrestle and do all that was probably about five or six months. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, so, you I mean, it's, it sounds like crazy because it was only a month or a month and a half after we were dating, but we had had all this history before that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. and so, um, and then it was February, he, Valentine's Day that next February, he proposed. So everything was very quick. Did you and know then that the was next coming? August, yeah. You did? It was coming, yeah. We had very, then we really started talking about it and we knew, and our pastors were like, we really feel like you're ready. We've really like, support this we're so wow. excited about this we're gonna help you in this like they were just stoked thought it was you know amazing not to go quick but not too quick but yeah. you know yeah um so yeah that's when uh february was when he proposed and then i'll never forget when uh when we got back so we had we had he had a business trip in florida so he flew me out to florida and what's really funny is because we were doing it right we weren't sleeping together yeah. so we wouldn't stay in the same hotel room mm. so it's a work trip with some people from work and he asked if i could uh stay in the same room as his secretary and they were like what? they didn't yeah. get it it's like yeah. what are you, this is weird but she was like okay there's two beds in there I'll... but we always joke about how when he went over to propose to me i was sleeping with his secretary <laughs> oh my god i know such a bad joke but yeah. He flew me over to Florida for a work trip. He was doing a work trip, and then he he went it. He rented a white Mustang so he could drive me around on a white horse, you know. And oh, then oh my god, took me out on a gondola, proposed, and then we we're there. Then we get back, and then have the boys. Oh, so that was in Florida. That was in Florida. Florida. Um, that's where he. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Near that's where water. he proposed. Yep, on the water, and we came back. And I'll remember the boys then wanted to ask if, like, um, so cute. They wanted to ask, like, if he would be their dad. Aww. So they um, 
you know, the fruit snacks, the yeah. little fruit snack wrappers, the oh, little yeah. smiley, their smiley face ones uh-huh. from Walmart that they used to love. They had opened one and put like a little ring, just like this cheap little ring we had got in thing and then like taped it up. And so we were having dinner and they're like, hey, will you, will you open this? You want some fruit snacks? You want some fruit snacks? And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, you want some fruit snacks? No, you want some fruit snacks. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sure. I'd love some fruit snacks. So he opens them and then he like pours them out and he sings this ring. He's like, wow. And then the boys like sit on his lap and they're like, will you be our dad? Oh, oh my gosh. And I just melted. I was like, wow. Like how wow. amazing was that? It was, it was incredible. Wow. All right. So how long, how long before the wedding? And then that was February, and then we got married in August. So August. Okay, mm-hmm. where did you get married? We got married at our church where we met at. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Now, the church had a building now, so it wasn't the same building. Our church yeah. had bought a building, but Pastor Dwayne and Joel, the ones who brought us through all that restoration, and so now married us. Talk to me about what you did prior to getting married to Colin. Um, did you talk did you align see where you're going was there any planning involved like hey here's what we're we're going to be entrepreneurs what were what did you talk about any of that like hey here's our future together um talk to me about that do you remember any of that yeah i mean we talked about at that point when we got married he was working at a flooring company Mm -hmm. we didn't own our own business and i was teaching dance and we at that point we were just wanting to be healthy and have a good marriage um impact people at our church and our local community and raise the boys the best we could in a situation that wasn't ideal being that you know yeah they're which is great that their dad's still involved right um, but you know, we didn't have all of these kind of entrepreneurial aspirations at that time. It was really just more of a, our life is good. Yeah. We've been you, restored. You, you Things are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy this flow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be the best parents we can. Yes. Okay. So then when, when, how much further did you get into that where all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, okay. Like I know that the flooring, he wanted to all, then open his own flooring company or whatever the case is or. Yeah, and he would remember the timing. Yeah. It wasn't we hadn't been married that long, yeah. but we had two boys, had the boys, and we knew we wanted to have more kids. Yep. And I remember he woke up in the middle of the night, and he wasn't in bed. So I went down to see what was up, and he was like, "I feel like we're supposed to start our own company." And I was like, "I didn't know what that looked like." My dad was a very successful businessman, as oh, I yeah, said, but yeah. he hadn't started his own thing, um, and so I was just like, "Well." I trust you. Yeah. Okay. I just had this piece about it, and and, and then so that then, starts a whole another podcast because I don't know what time it is. I what? have to make sure I'm out of here. Oh, you, we got plenty of time. Okay, good. And that's a whole. It feels like a whole another podcast. The journey of then starting the business. Yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs> All right, so let's fast track, fast track, fast track the business. Okay. Go ahead, fast track it. Give me, I don't give know me. how so to start, fast track So you started it. the bit. No, he, let's start our own company. Okay. Uh, give me, give me like a turning point, like where you just like all of a sudden you guys went like, like this way, that way, totally different. What you were thinking, obviously the business, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it happened slowly. Um, him just like figuring out how to start a company, and then you know his his boss that he worked for kind of blessing him and letting him finish out work there as he started he just 
would use his hours at work to only work on the job and then after hours were working on his company. He was very faithful yeah. in that, I remember. Yep. Um, gosh, a turning point. That's a great... Well, just the business itself, right? Was yeah. Like, like, did you continue to do what you were doing? Like, you like, or did when did you quit? And when did you go full time with him? That's yeah. So i I was still teaching classes, and I kept teaching classes. And honestly, I've been kept teaching classes up until COVID. So I kept doing that on the side. Just the amount of classes that even, I would teach, even, would, even here in. in you were teaching dance classes? Um, not so much dance classes. It became more and more of the group exercise and the fitness classes oh. when we moved down here. I don't. I never I taught in a that. studio. I didn't know down that down here. Yeah. So I was teaching dance and teaching when I was a single mom, teaching dance, teaching fitness classes at like twenty-four hour, you know, places like that where yeah. you could could get a job. Um, and uh, I get a call from. I was teaching at YMCA also. And then somehow through the YMCA, somebody heard about, you know, what a crazy fun instructor I was. That yeah. they were like, hey, will you, we want to hire you possibly to come teach at Highline Community College and start teaching PE classes. And that was such a cool story because I feel like it was after like I had like believed and like been really generous and given some money to like help somebody else. And then I get this call of like, hey, we want you to come audition to teach classes here where I would make like, 40 times as much as I was making. And they're like, and you can put the kids in the childcare center. So wow. you have free babysitting. And where was this? This was at Highline Community College. So a community college in Washington. Wow. And so this was then how I was able to then. And what kind of fitness are we talking mom, about here? What do, what do you. Or buy a house as a single mom. What, what kind of fitness are we talking about here? So I used to teach body pump, body attack, body, you know, you know, the Les Mills, that whole thing. No. No, you've never heard of that? No. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Um, I I'm, taught I'm everything. A, I'm a meathead. So I, I, I basically walk around and lift lift a couple of weights and I'm out of there. Right. A couple of biceps. I basically could teach everything but yoga because wow. I was too loud and obnoxious. <laughs> I was like crazy wild and fun. So I, I would teach step aerobics was the big thing back then. Like the, you know what I mean? Step aerobics. Yeah. You were just, that was you had, like, you the, did you have the mic? Oh, right I had here? the headset. I had the it headset. all. And I remember going into audition for the community college, doing my step routine, you know, and just they loved them away. it. They loved it. Um, so, uh, so I kept doing all that because I could keep doing that on the side and I enjoyed it. And okay. So here's what we'll do. Let's give me like, okay. You get married. You then moved in together. Yep. Got that little, uh, your house? Nope. So we ended up, he had bought a house also. Got it. Um, so we ended up selling my house and using the money from my house to buy um, our first offices for Sustainable. Got it. That's sustainable got Interiors, ladies yep. and gentlemen, from then to now doing more than 50 to 60 to $70 million a year. <laughs> Stupidness. It's over a million a week. It's it's wild. It's insane. It's absolutely absurd. It's in, <laughs> in, in a good way. All right. So hold on. Let's go back. All right. So you got your uh, you got your first office. You got the office, right? Yep. Okay. And this was what? This was in Washington. Yep. Yep. Okay. Which is which is the still the home base of sustainable. Correct. Right? It's moved from Fife, the little town that we were in, to Federal Way. This the sustainable hub is in okay. Federal Way, Washington now. Yes. 
All right. So, <laughs> and then what year did you move to San Diego? So we moved to San Diego uh, 11 years ago. 11 years ago. What brought you here? I'm going to skip a little bit. Yeah, skip a little bit because there's so much more in between there. Yeah. So here we are. The company's going well. Things are going good. Again, we've had two more. We've had two of our own kids. So we had Josiah and Bethany. Oh, yeah. Um, why we were still in Washington. Bethany was one and a half when we moved to San Diego. Um, and what brought you here? And what brought us here is, well, we had part, in part thought we were going to be getting the Navy hospital job up by um, Camp Pendleton. And, but we also just felt a call to move and we just felt a call to shift. And so, like I said, our previous, our previous pastors were incredible restoration. I mean, the most amazing people you will ever meet still yeah. to this day. But we had really capped out on where we could go in our leadership, I think in part to the small town that it was, and then in part to just their gifting was really to restore people at the deep, deepest level. Right. Yeah. Um, never really raise and release like a lot of leaders right gotcha um and so we had just felt like this shift in our like spirit of like it's it's time to move on it's time to to go somewhere else so um this this opportunity was possibly popping up and we were like oh san diego that could be amazing we came to visit we felt like oh my gosh this is it the boys fell in love with it taylor was going into high school and so the fact that he wanted to move was like okay, this is a divine thing if, he, yeah, if yeah. he wants to move. Um, so really it was just like a call of like, we want to do bigger and better and we're ready to move somewhere bigger and better. And we had never even heard about Awaken before we moved. And you were, this whole time you're still instructing fitness stuff, doing, mm -hmm. still doing that stuff. Yep. Okay, and you, you hadn't heard of Awaken. Correct. You come down here. Yep. Would, would you buy a little home, a town home? I can't remember. I think I heard through the grapevine you had something like a condo or... Uh, so we we flew down here a couple times before we moved because it was very important to us to find the church and the school mm. before we moved. Gotcha. So we land on Carmel Valley okay. because we find Awaken. And Hold on. How did you find Awaken? Online. What do you mean online? Online. What does that mean? So we had been part of a church where we would go up to... Um, city church and go to these amazing conferences that a city church would put on in in Seattle. Okay, and so we literally that's the church you were at with the guys, right? The Dwayne? No, mm -hmm. okay. no. Well, from that church, yeah, we would go up, and the city church that was a way bigger church would put on these conferences. Okay, so we had heard of city church, got it, and it was awesome. So we're like, you know what? We should look up city church, San Diego, and at the time, Awaken was called C three, which is Christian City Church. Ah, so um, I never even knew what that meant. Yep, C three meant Christian City Church. So ah. we look at a couple of different churches. We still hadn't heard of. So you looked it up online. Yeah, we looked up some churches online. Came to visit. Went came down here, visited those churches. Awesome, but not our flavor. We're like, okay, there's including C three. No, there's got to be there's got to be something else. Like you're not calling us to come here to just be at a church that we don't just love because we pour our how, whole how many into visits it. per church did you do before One. you knew <laughs> we knew oh we knew oh we yeah you could tell immediately immediately um, you just feel it feel it feel it or and then even if you the, both felt it oh yeah Okay. Even if the word was biblical, but maybe not like, you know, one church we went to was amazing, but they were really into like, got to hunker down. We're not sure what life is going to be like. Mm. You know, we're all about like, take dominion. Yeah. Let's win at life. Wow. Let's, you know. Take territory, prosperity. Yeah. And, and so we literally like are calling just Googles 
somehow Google City Church and Pastor Jurgen's pops up and this city church comes up online. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to download a message from this Jurgen guy and just listen to it, you know? And he's driving from Seattle to Portland for a job. So we're back in Washington after we had visited. We're like, there's got to be a church down there we're supposed to be a part of. Like, come on. So he downloads this message and he starts listening to it. And 20 minutes into the message, he pulls over to the side of the road crying and he calls me. He goes, I don't know where the heck this this C3 city church thing is, I don't know who this Jurgen guy is, but we got to go check it out. Like this is, there's something on this. So then we start looking online, watching their preview, um, just like, cause they, you know how we have the video that shows like what's coming up mm-hmm. in the life of yeah. Awaken. Right. We would watch that every week. They didn't have the app and all that to hear the, to hear all the messages or like watch them. Um, but we listened to a few and we're just like, I don't know where this is, but we're coming. So we come down for another visit we actually still are just trying to keep an open mind, so we go to visit. And do you bring the kids into nope. the church as well? Mm-mm. No. Just us two at this time. Okay. Yeah. So the kids would stay with my parents and have a fun grandparents weekend. And, yep. Um, we would just come down to get, you know, figure out where we're going to be. Um, and so we go to this church. We're sitting there, beautiful people, but nothing about this first church we went to was excellent. Like, just not our style, you know, the way that people were dressed and which is, which is fine if that's how you, but for us, we are like, we want excellence. We want God to be shown in a light of like, wow, Mm, this is incredible. And so I was just sitting there going, oh, I hope Colin doesn't think this is it. I hope Colin doesn't think this is it. And so literally in that mess or in that service, they have like the 60 seconds where you can meet somebody and he leans over, he goes, if we leave now, we can get to that C3 church. So we snuck out. Of, I know. Oh, sorry. God. I'm glad that you're not mentioning names, though. No. There's no reason to. And, and, I, so and normally s- I would dig, but I'm not digging on no. this one out of respect. Thank you. But I'm dying to know. I'll tell you later. We'll, but, we'll tell uh, it off air. And you guys can subscribe to get the real content, and I'll reveal that. No, 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 no I'm just kidding. Um, so we then we leave and we drive to C three Awaken, Which and they're Balboa, meeting in a Balboa. no, no, meeting okay. in a middle school, Carmel Valley school. Middle School. Yep, and already the level of excellence was like nice people, dressed nice, you know, nice, you know, just everything that they had turned a middle school into was so excellent. We're like, okay, this is our vibe. We'll see how the worship is. Worship was next level. Wow. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then somebody gets up and just starts praying and you could feel the power. And we're like, whoa. And they can pray. And I finally was like, in my head, I was like, I don't care how good the preaching is. I want to go here. I could get preaching elsewhere. Unless they completely destroy this message somehow. Yeah. And just swear everywhere. Yeah. This is our home. We're totally unbiblical. Yeah. (laughs) But no, the person gets up, starts praying. We're just like, are you serious? This church has everything, everything we ever dreamed of. And we're like, this is it. We're never looking back. So then that's where we found. Did you, who did you, who did you, who was, who was preaching? Do you remember? It was actually Pastor James Murray. Who Pastor Jurgen Leanne knew from Australia. He was here for a season. Him and Alana, his wife, were here for a season as the youth and young adult pastors. They've moved back to Australia now and yep. started their own church. But he was preaching and it was awesome. And okay, he so, you know So give it to me. What completely did it was the message that Jurgen it was Jurgen. 
on the message online in the car. message, correct? That's yes. What did it? That's what did it. I mean, but let's. That's that, what got us to go. Be like, we have correct. to go check yeah. this out. But but I mean, let's say you didn't listen to that, you probably would have eventually tried the church, right? I would think so. Once we, we once know. we moved here, I mean, we'll never know, but. Yeah, I don't know, because if we would have somehow got involved in another church, right. when we commit, we're loyal. We commit. Um, had he looked at any other online services like before that? or just A few. Yeah, we had okay. gone to a couple churches when we would come visit, yeah. but we hadn't really looked online. Right, right. Before he heard this Before, before Jurgen's online. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and Jurgen wasn't there that day, was he? He I don't know for sure if he was there or not because he's so amazing how he's still there even when he's not speaking so I he can know. cheer on his leaders. He's unbelievable. Like, I've just never seen anybody like that. He's unreal. It's, he's not even, he's just too much. So Are, I don't know if he was there or not, but he wasn't. And where, where when you were, when you were, when did Colin, you know, Colin likes to elbow. Yes. And like he, he likes to lean in and get the knee. <laughs> I remember sitting next to him at one of the, I think it was Twisted and, and all we did was push each other the whole right. night. Just like, just, the whole time. <laughs> Sounds about it was, right. It was beautiful. I mean, the first time we ever met. We, yeah. we shoved each other through a wall, I think. All right. So when, in that, in the first service at C3 in the yep. middle school, when did you, when was he starting to elbow you like, hey, hey, or, or was he like, after babe? After somebody got up and prayed with such power and it wasn't the pastor. He was like, did you hear that? <laughs> did you hear that? Did you feel that? And I'm like, uh-huh. I was like, I don't care how good the sermon is. That's what you, know, you said. I want to be here. And so, Gosh. yeah. So then that's that's pretty much when we knew. So then we go home. We start realizing, oh, my gosh, we found the church. We tell the boys. We find a, a house to rent. So we wanted to rent a house so yeah. we could get down here and yep. just get a feel for the area. So um, so cool because we heard Carmel Valley Middle School was the best middle school in the area. Right. Torrey yep. Pines yep. High School was an amazing yep. high school. Yep. Um, and then the, the, Josiah and Bethany were younger, so kind of wherever they went. We heard the elementary schools were really good too. So we were like, okay. So we find a rental house that's right by that so that we can go to Carmel Valley Middle School for school and for church. Wow. So that's where we rented that first place is in Carmel Valley for that reason. And so when did you start to, when, did you, when do you remember meeting Jurgen for the first time? Gosh, a couple months after we started, not right away. Um, it was a couple months after we started, I remember meeting him like Who, in the parking lot after church, like just really quick. Who's the first person that you guys met that made such an impression other than the first time somebody prayed, but who was your first real contact within the C3 now awaken yeah. that just, you just said like, that was just a, I love that you asked that yeah, two people, Matt and Vanessa, Vanessa Lee, they go to East Lake campus now. Yeah. He actually graduated PFA last season is leading this season. Um, Vanessa's the one who at conference that we talked about her and two other girls, they just started a company and bought that hotel in Reading. So wow. anyways, all these amazing connections. So Vanessa Lee was the first one to invite me to a connect group, mm. like a women's like lunch connect yeah. group. So those were some of our first friends. And then Patrick and Claire Nolan, who now go to San Marcos campus. Um, they were the another couple that we met and like befriended us right away. Like I remember six weeks after we'd been here, my brother was getting married and he didn't want any kids at his wedding. <laughs> Just... That's my brother. Hey, hey. And they still fine. don't have kids and they're, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but he was like, no kids. I don't want any of the nieces and nephews. We're like, okay, it's your wedding, dude. Yeah. You know? Do what you got to do. Um, but I remember Patrick and Claire Nolan came over and stayed at our house to like watch our kids like overnight so we wow. could go there because it was, you know, a long drive. And 
Yeah. So those were some of our first friends that we uh, met. And then the next friend was Charles and Tessa Fuller. And they were brand new at the same time. So we met, Tessa and I met in DNA class. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And have been just crazy good friends ever since then. And then, so what? What when you when you met Jurgen? So okay, so so uh, gosh, I know what time I is know. it. I do have to. You, yeah, you have to go soon. I know what time is it? You're killing me with this. I know. I I'm get... sorry, but I have to be at that dinner, and I can't be late. All right, so you're gonna they're gonna understand. You know why? Because it's me. Because it's you. <laughs> yeah, you tell Pastor Leanne that. Will you text her? This is why I'm I don't have her cell. Of the, oh. the only one I don't have her cell. I have Jurgen's. <laughs> I got everybody's. Leanne, I haven't broken that veil yet. Okay, I haven't well, gotten it. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be on the road in a few minutes. So. I do. And what's really cool is what I'm going to is the dinner for Cherish to celebrate speaking at Cherish Conference where God revealed to me that my dream and what he put in me and what he said to me as a child. So the March last March at the Pathfinder Breakfast breakfast was amazing everything was freaking rad like it was lit up afterwards somebody comes up to me a gentleman comes up to me after the breakfast and he was like you light up that stage you bring so much joy in life it is so awesome to see you use your influence to actually help people that's what was spoken to me as a child every time I danced and I had this revelation of like oh my gosh God you're actually my dream is starting to come to pass yeah my dream is getting realized. It looks different than I thought, but I'm using the gift you gave me on stage. I'm so comfortable. Just love it um, to like actually help people. And so then I'm telling Pastor Leanne, I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh. And she's you've got to speak at Cherish. And I was like, what? Yeah. I've never even preached a sermon. You want me to speak at Cherish in front of 2,200 ladies? Um, and she was like, yes. This, this is it. This is the story. You're going to finish. You're going to be the closer at conference and you're going to share the story of your God dream coming to pass. And so I shared that. I, I if you get a chance to watch it, I mean, I'm trying yeah. not to brag, but it was so fun. Wow. It was I just heard. incredible. Um, and it was just this moment of like, wow, God, your promises are yes and amen. And this is really happening. So this dinner tonight is all the speakers and the like very core team leaders who sport, poured hours into putting on Cherish for everybody. And she wants to like celebrate that. So even the fact of what I'm going to after this, and then we're flying to Salt Lake City tomorrow to do our second Pathfinders conference. Like what kind of a life are we so living? Hold up here. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I know. Look at the goosebumps so on my arms. Because listen, it gets better. I, and I told you this, but I let me, ladies and gentlemen, I, I have a list of hundreds of people for my podcast. It's endless. It's, there's no end to it. Yeah. Okay. And I'll have the list, but then I'll wait till the Holy Spirit nudges me to say, it's time for this person to come on. Yeah. And when I heard, this is all going full, cir- full circle here. Wow. Listen, listen to this. When I heard about what you shared and how you, what you, your, how powerful your message was at Cherit, the Cherish conference which my wife went to and several of our girlfriends when i heard what happened the move that you the 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 way you move the crowd wow the message that you shared that you've never shared before mm-hmm. the things that you've shared which until today you haven't shared before yep. and you shared stuff on this podcast and so when i heard that because you've been on my list since day yeah. one i said it's time the holy spirit okay it's now it's time to bring melissa in 
it's now time because wow. of the Cherish Conference. Amazing was the nudge to get you in here, and it just so happens that the day I'm, we're, that we finally worked out um, is the day that you're celebrating the Cherish Conference. Yeah, because of that, it's all in one shot here. All right, so give me give me five more minutes. Okay, seven, seven more minutes. <laughs> I'm like a kid, like the kids. Daddy, two more minutes. Two more minutes. Three more minutes. Time for bed. All right, so. Because we, I want to, I want to really, I want to just, in, I want to hammer this thing home. Okay. Because remember, t- I talked about it earlier about the way that your journey went, and mm-hmm. you just said it. You just said it, where your dream was to be a dancing and on a stage, yeah. But yet, boom, and then you, it went down. It went dark, and then this guy, and I'm going to give this guy a lot of credit. I am because for some, when he said, "Hey, let's do this thing, let's move," that just sent your whole trajectory a certain way that brought you over to here, had yep. children, came over here, yeah. right? Yeah. Which led you back to the church to yes. get healing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that healing from these guys, Dwayne and Joel, Pastor Joel, Joel, I want to yep. give him props again. Because of that healing and because of you going to them and who they are, yeah. led you to Colin. Yep. Yeah. Which then led you to this getting, you know, the, the rest is history, as they say, because then it led you to do this thing, and then it started a business, yeah. and then you wanted to move, <laughs> and now you're here, and then it led you to C3 yep. because of Jurgen. Yeah, because of Jurgen. He's and, the first one who walked in, so we... We kind of met him, and then the next April after we moved here, we went to Australia for C3, their global conference. Wow. Because we were like, if we're going to give ourselves to this, we're going to give ourselves to this. So we want to know, like, the the mothership. Where Where is this yeah. started, this yeah. movement started? So we went to C3 for their global conference, and that was the first time we had to fly all the way over to Australia, um, and there was only two other people there from C3 here. C3 here was a lot smaller at the time, um, that we had dinner with Pastor Jurgen. The first time we actually like sat down and yeah. talked to him was in Australia at oh that gosh. global conference. And so when did you when did you start? Oh God, see, I can just I know I know it could go then on you forever. The Pathfinder Ministry, which is a marketplace. Break it down real quick in sixty. Give me the path because I want yeah. everybody to hear this. Yeah. So we believe in not just making uh, money, but making a difference. Don't just make a living, make a difference. Yep. So Pathfinders is the marketplace and the spheres of culture expression to accelerate your calling. So you talked about your calling yeah, yeah. and your different spheres, whether it is arts and entertainment, like in. Which basically this kind of is right Mm -hmm. so i mean i didn't even realize it was in that there you go and now i do and you're killing the game so finding your convergence finding what you are called to do and then we're going to accelerate you in that and give you tools to accelerate your calling but then also tools help you to create wealth for a purpose so that you can actually like help your community and build other people up which is what it's all about. Which is what it's all Which about. Which is what it's literally all about. All about. And not and just- Colin and I are 100% volunteers. So we do Pathfinders. We do not get paid. It is our serve. That's it is a, what we do incredible. for the church. So it is incredible and super fun. Um, we have 72 volunteers now who also volunteer their time. And 87 apprentice. Yes, you're one of I'm the one leaders. Of them. I'm one of um, them. But we volunteer too. So um, it's a, it's totally volunteer based to help other people get into their convergence and create wealth for a purpose. 
And um, <sighs> that started about a year and a half after we had that dinner with Pastor Jurgen. And, and, and so it, you're, we're now on se- going into season 11. <sighs> Wild. You heard some of the people that I brought, that, yeah. I, that I got in for this next one. 160 applications. Yes. And there's some boss people yeah. on the list. We're like, whoa. Uh, I, I, we, could do, we could do literally, and I think that we should. In fact, you now just inspired me. Now, I think that we what we're going to do okay. is we'll schedule another one with both you and Colin. That's a great idea. And dive into and that. And we'll dive into not only what Pathfinder is about, is about but what... We'll go further into like convergence and all that yeah. stuff between the two. We just I don't know. We'll just we'll That's do a something. Great idea. The two yep. of you in here, and how to us. hold your family and your integrity because everybody told us there's only a fifty percent chance you guys are going to stay married in yes, your second marriage. That's right. We've now been happily married for eighteen years, like like happily like loving in love and still in like with each other. In, in like in like so <laughs> we still like each other. So all right. Melissa, <sighs> you, have, you have to go You're very. The best. You have to go very soon. You just, won't even just, tell me what time it is. I won't. Just so tell, I just know tell, how late I am. Just tell Leanne it's JD. You'll okay. be like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I can't even do an accent. It's terrible. She'll be absolutely when she hears it's me. Everything will be fine. Okay. All right. So listen. Give everybody some pearls real quick, and we'll land this plane. Okay. On. Look at your journey. Look at Mom. your journey going from thinking that your dreams are broken, they're done, there's no hope, to yeah. going very, very, very dark, to full circle, to over here, to over there, oh, to here, wow. to now being one of the most influential well, women. Um, that, uh, hmm, that's I, a big... I, that <laughs> I've ever seen, ever met. Wow. Not only within the church, which is going on 15,000, approaching 20,000, mm-hmm. moving yeah. to an entire new city. Yeah, new region. To, to Back to the Pacific Northwest. Back to the Pacific Northwest. So Boise, Northwest. Seattle, and Oregon, they're all the, all the three biggest cities in the, considered in the Pacific Northwest. So the fact that we're getting called back to um, the Pacific Northwest is wild. Like, just wild. It, wild to now start a whole awaken movement in yeah. Boise Idaho in Idaho that you and then look at look at the leaders that you have that you have brought up through the ranks here yeah that are going to actually grow the program after we leave that are like actually going to grow yeah the, the pathfinder program when you're not here which is already happening yeah. even while you're here so amazing right yeah you see I'm getting all riled up here what I'm a part of, which I yeah. you have no idea how odd, I went from getting denied for the program. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Because hmm? we didn't know you. We're yeah, like, who's this? this crazy guy? <laughs> is that what you were thinking? Like, who's this meathead? What is this crazy guy? We don't even know this guy. We didn't even know this guy. Can, yeah, I mean, all all the things. But I sent that picture. So the, the core team all texted each other today, the regionals. Yeah. And... Um, or I didn't send a picture, I just said it. But uh, they were talking about 160 applications, yeah. like celebrating, you know, and we have this and that. And I was like, yeah, I'm on my way to go see JD. Remember when we weren't sure if we should take him as an apprentice? And now he's like one of our best leaders. Oh my so I'm like, God. we need to have some very deep conversations of some of these applicants that we're not sure of. Yeah, and it, it was Dr. Matt that, that overrode and pulled yeah. this pastor card, huh? 
No, he just he just said that he would back you up. So we yeah. have ultimate say, yes. you know, and but yeah. we're here to serve the campus yeah. pastors. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we have ultimate say of who gets into the program. But he was just like, no, just dude, just trust me. And he basically said, look, if he ends up, you know, screwing up and being a jack <laughs> it's wagon, on me. it's on me. <laughs> and so at that point, we're like, all right, well, well, then you know, if you, if you want to take a risk, we'll take a risk. Like we trust you, Doctor Matt. Like we trust him. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. And the rest is history. You and know, the I'm rest talking is about? history. Yeah. I can't tell Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Melissa, and you did, 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 did Colin finally play the voicemail from last Friday? Not yet. Gosh, I know. It. I'm sorry. Colin, what we've is had your so much know, going on. Trying to I'm launch kidding. a campus and do well, another was, conference in Salt Lake City this oh, weekend. Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all. I was all up in my feelings, and uh, I left you guys a voicemail. All right. So, oh. so let me just let me just lay it out here. Because uh, that got that got on me there, and I don't want to get on me here. The, I want to tell you how much I, I, that, from the bottom of my heart, you mm. and Colin, and yes, Jurgen, I can go on a whole other separate thing with Jurgen, yeah. and I will when he's on here, by the way. Um, but you guys have made an impact on my life. Wow! Uh, like I can't, I can't even explain. Wow! The impact that you and Colin have had on my life, my family, and I, my wife and mm. I, my children. And then also all of the people that are in my life, Spencer, Luis, Chris, these wow. all these people, these guys that are in my life, that are in my journey, now with this podcast, with Real Deal Sleep, the mattress company, yeah. with the other stuff that we have coming down the pike here that we're working on, you have completely changed the trajectory of my entire wow. life. You, you, because of the Pathfinder, oh because of Awaken, wow. of course, but the Pathfinder program specifically. Wow. I can't even begin to tell you, Melissa, mm. how happy I am uh, or how grateful I am for you and Colin and what you have done and what you're doing for the church and how much wow. respect I have for you guys mm. and how much admiration and to watch you guys pour your hearts out on stage, at your house, mm. in our classes, yeah. on wow. conference calls is something that is absolutely mind-boggling and incredible and just so amazing that I can't even describe this with words. I'm trying to. Yeah. I really am. Wow. But I want you to know how special you guys are oh, and you. and the fact of how your journey came back to here and and, and brought you into my life and my family's life. I, my wife and I, our life was couldn't get better before oh, Awaken, before Bathfinders. We adore Rachel. She's the best. And, then, and, and with you guys, it has gotten 10 times better because now we are falling into our purpose yeah which is because of you guys wow enlightening us on what that even means right amazing so melissa um and i want to keep going here and you're just you're you're shutting me down and i'm <laughs> and i'm not going to tell you what time it is otherwise yeah, you no. might be upset with me <laughs> but it's okay because it's jd remember oh. because you owed me one you denied me from the program <laughs> so you so you owe me this extra time on this podcast. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Melissa. That's tell, hilarious. Tell, all right, finish, Melissa, by telling people, give them one thing that you've learned at this point. Look at look at the blessings that you're, look where you are now, influencing yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of people that you don't even know. Wow. And wait till this story gets out on this podcast. Then people get to know you even more. They already love you. They already adore you. They already respect you. But when they hear the story and the, what you just told me, what you went through, yeah. what you've been through, oh, man. 
So tell people right now that are wow. that they're in a dark place big. right now. They need inspiration. They don't know what to do. Give them something. Let's leave on that. I'm going to hit them with something. Yeah, I would just say don't quit and just continue the journey of inner healing. Like just dig mm. deep. Be transparent. Be real with people. Um, you know, talk to people. Find somebody that you can tell everything to and then really be like coachable and teachable to like do the hard work of getting healthy and getting healing and the painful work of getting healing and digging back up those things that were so traumatic. Um, but the healing that can come from that and the pure joy and like that happiness again, like being happy in your soul can actually happen again and it will happen again as you just continue on that healing and get in the right community with the right people. On that note, it was when you went back to the church yeah, with Dwayne and Joel, and Joel yeah. which began your official healing. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I would say one of the best places to go, if not the best place to go, would be a church. Yeah, and a good more church. specifically, a great church, yeah. a.k.a. Awakened Church. <laughs> Agree. Which is unlike any, to get this Jersey meathead into <laughs> church. Into a and church actually like it, and actually like it, <laughs> and now now volunteer there, freaking love it, <laughs> and volunteering six hours on a Tuesday away from my family, yeah. with pleasure, with honor, with gratitude. That's think, wild. just think about that. That's right, just leave it right there. Leave then right you know there. this is That's a special right. church, right? <laughs> so true oh, ladies and gentlemen i don't even oh, want to end this thank I'm, you for having me though such an Melissa, honor Melissa, we love, love you, you from the from from i'll speak on everybody's behalf and especially especially my wife and i and my family oh. we love you we love colin thank you thank you thank you for everything that you've done for us so far and we're we're, we're so excited to represent you mm. uh, when you're not here which i'm not happy about <laughs> right now but i know that's a calling yeah. and it is what it is i'm losing my guy You'll come visit. We'll be back. Ooh, I can't, yeah, I need to visit. All right. So, again, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for all you do. Uh, you are just a you are just a um, a light for the world, and Aww. we're so happy that you are doing what you do and uh, for everything that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, real deal talk. Melissa Higginbottom, the queen, aka the queen bee <laughs> of Pathfinders, and now Boise, Idaho. Real Deal Talk, that's a wrap. Let's go. 